Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This episode is brought to you by the following patrons. Andrew, Sunzi, Holly, Natasha, Laura, Goradica, Vance, Boezy, Jeremy, Ali, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron, Kristen, Tia, Lauren, Jonathan, Kate, Alex, Isaac, and Karun. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved and you're listened to and you're a valuable member of this awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group where we open Hell Cubes daily. Hellraiser 2 Hellbound title makes more sense after I watched it. Of course. <laughs> I didn't think they were going to go to hell. And then when they did, I was like, bold choice. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey? They didn't go to hell in the first one. Technically, they did at one point. Did they? Who knows? That was like two years ago. Nothing makes sense. I wasn't even <laughs> on the show makes... when you guys did the first one. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you all made me watch Hellbound, oh. colon, Hellraiser, Hellraiser 2. 2. So was this the first time either of you had seen this movie? Correct. Yes. It is the first time I saw it as well. So we were all horror virgins for this movie. Paige, you regrettably couldn't join us for the Hellraiser 1 episode because true. you were not a host at that point. I was not. Regrettably, right, Paige? Ooh, I will say, Todd, uh, you're going to... I don't hate the first Hellraiser, uh, personally. I don't love it, uh, but I also don't hate it the way that you do, Todd. I don't necessarily hate the movie. I just hate <laughs> the gibberish that the Cinnabons say the entire movie. Like, and it continues into this Cream movie. cheese frosting. <laughs> like, what gibberish is what describes this film i have yes, yes no yes. fucking clue what happened from credits to credits there's no causality no for idea. anything going on and i not a clue i honestly think because we do this podcast and i know i'm gonna have to watch the other eight they've made or whatever <laughs> however many they have at this point so excited i am just gonna lean into they know they're bad and they're doing this as a joke and it makes me feel better talking about it but when i watched it i was livid I, I was <laughs> so mad. Why were you mad? I was like, the first half had me. And then the second half, I was like, we've gone over a threshold where I'm now enjoying this. 
Well, that's sort of what I mean. I I texted y'all on the group text. I was like, this film feels like the David S. Pumpkin skit from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, she but walks movie, around, and then it's like, this is a version of hell, and you're like, oh, oh, okay. And, and the you, Cenobites are part, part of, it. of it. But like, I I turned it on. I was like, I hope it doesn't lean heavily in the first one because I don't really remember what happened except for like the red skull and then like his stepmom <laughs> and like red skull <laughs> and all that stuff and then all of a sudden they're like this is direct continuations of the first film and i was like man yeah oh, it's not uh, great okay. but then they, but then it showed me the first like 20 minutes of the first one yeah it definitely sums up the entire first one for you i was very confused by the psychiatrist yes motivations the oh, whole time I, they, what were they who knows what is the motivation it never explains anything in this movie he was trying to get into hell the whole time and like he had other hellraiser objects and had a woman who just did puzzles he had multiple boxes uh and then and a, had kidnapped a girl to do puzzles i here's the problem with this one the problem like there's one <laughs> it's an overarching <laughs> okay all-encompassing problem todd okay the first hellraiser pretentious sure a little bit yes but you've got a clear through line of like this guy sold his soul to the devil and now he has to kill enough people to get skin so he can bone this lady i get that i understand that as a plot i can follow motivations it's weird but i'm here for it right yeah this movie treats it as if it's like yeah you guys know right and then just yes. goes with it and you're like no we don't know i have no idea i have a question for both of you because I don't remember it from the first film, but like she's like, you got to burn the mattress because the mattress, he, she died on the mattress. She can come through the mattress. I was like, I, I think it's the puzzle box. I was like, girl, I think the puzzle box is where they come from. Okay, no, I, I got that because in the first one, the thing that like activates him is the blood on the floor. So it's almost like wherever you puzzle box out into hell and die, that spot and your blood within it can get activated by new blood. And that's what starts to bring you back. Oof, gotta watch out for that new blood. New Ugh. blood. I do feel like this movie is probably 10 times better than the original for me. Just because- I did, it's a funner watch, that's for sure. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is more fun to watch than the first Hellraiser, but for me, in my opinion, that is like the easiest movie to beat in a which is fun to watch contest. Like, I do think the story makes more sense than the first one. It does. That's true. But like, we've got to let that go. Yeah. We got to get to the important <laughs> questions. What version of hell would you go to? Oh, I man. choose Hook Orgy, Squiggly Hook Orgy. I'm going to choose Sexy Morgue. Oh, where they just came in and out of the, the things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, uh... okay. So since you guys both took the two options that are displayed in this movie, I guess I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> freelance make one up off the top of my head and I would say I don't know somewhere Peter Cetera is playing guitar solos on an acoustic guitar no, no, the Todd, entire time other stuff no, you could choose the the, the needle blowjob box yeah and how what percentage blowjob to needle are we talking because like there's concessions that could be made it seemed like it was approximately 20% blowjob and 80% needle if you flip that we might could come to terms <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll try with you, Todd. I'll take doing counseling with the worm dick through my head and spikes coming out of my hands that create different objects. Dude, that worm like Paco jetted his brain. It did. I was like, yeah. this is a smoothie that I'm not excited about. There's no way you can convince me that Spencer's gifts didn't gain sentience and start using chat GPT to write this script. Like th that's what it feels like to me. All I'm going to say is I'm going to stay away from Rubik's Cubes too, just to be safe. <laughs> 
I wouldn't touch a Rubik's Cube. This is why when I tell a girl I, I don't play games, I'm like, have you ever seen Hellraiser? <laughs> I don't fuck around. I don't understand anything from this movie, and I think that's why I like it more <laughs> than the original one, which again, super low bar to clear, but I think it's because, especially towards the end, when we're, like, I literally wrote in my notes, holy stop motion, Batman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. from that point on, it becomes a Mikey movie. Yeah. And you can sort of lean into it some. Yeah. But the first 45, no, it's probably more like first hour and 10, it's just so serious about itself. It's serious, but also still makes no sense. Yeah, like it makes that, no sense. Yeah. They don't show it, and they don't explain anything. No, none <laughs> of it. I do love this film's commitment to, you fucking figure it out. Yeah, like, <laughs> This, this movie this is, a puzzle is a puzzle. <laughs> yeah, 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 it yeah, is yeah. a puzzle. Honestly, if you get Hellraiser 2, if you've solved that puzzle, that's the portal to hell. Thank God you guys get to see part of my job, which is if you are a witness to a violent crime, we just lock you away in an asylum forever without even talking to you. Oh, I <laughs> subscribed to a choose-your-own-adventure watching experience of this film where... Because it doesn't explain anything to you. I just started filling in the blanks in my brain. Mm, uh, yeah. So I don't know if I'm right or wrong. And then I tried to Google to see if it was a difference between book and movie. And I found some stuff and fun facts that will clear up some of the confusion. But the overall answer to why is this movie so batshit insane and confusing is loss of funding and some actors decided they didn't want to be in it from the original. Like, that's basically what happened. Okay. The dude, Red Skull, was he different? No, Frank's in it. It's her dad, the actor who played her father in the first one wouldn't be in it. So He was like, no, I saw the first one. I'm good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Because the plot was she was trying to get him out of hell, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I did. There was a lot of that in the beginning of the movie, and I was like, oh, this is like Chekhov's save dad from hell. And yeah, no, yeah. it's not at all. And then she gets to hell, and Pinhead's like, nah. So I can explain that, actually. Okay. okay. And, and that's because in the original script, they had written a full script, written it with the dad in it, right? And in the original script, the dad was there with Frank in hell. Ooh. And they were conjoined in hell. Ooh, okay. Okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah. And he has to cut himself off of his brother for them to fight it out and he has a heart attack on his way out of hell but then they're able to get him out and in the end he leaves the asylum with Kirsty, not Tiffany that was supposed to be what the movie was that she did actually go and save her dad except that the actor who played her dad was just like nah and I think they knew already that they were going to reuse a lot of footage from the first one so it's not like you could just randomly recast I guess, if you're going to play a Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 situation. Yeah, because you do see her dad in this, right? Because You do. In the, in the flashbacks, you see her dad. Yeah. And so when he said he wasn't going to do it, they hastily rewrote the film. It was literally weeks before shooting. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, they lost a ton of funding. So like a bunch of things and scenes that they were going to do just got instantly cut uh which i think is part of why we get the flashbacks it i think it is to buy time and i think there's a lot of scenes that go on way too fucking long in <laughs> yeah, this movie there are also to buy time yeah but also they work for me <laughs> so you liked it mikey i think i did like it i know i'm gonna enjoy talking about it i like a movie you can watch it in reverse and it made much of sense you know it makes as much, much sense, sense. it, it makes as much of sense uh, 
I do think this movie's effects are pretty solid, especially for like oh, when yeah. it came out. Like the practical effects in this, I think, are super impressive. Yeah, so good. So like, it's not that I hate everything about it. It's really just the things that make up the story of the movie. I don't like that much. I mean, but... that's that's tough because that's like the whole thing. <laughs> okay, hear me out. You could put all the scenes in a blender, mix it up. Yeah, re- a Paco jet even. Yeah, yeah. you could Paco jet it. You could redo the scenes in any order and the movie still works the same way. You could memento this movie. Yes. That's not a Isn't good that great? Thing. No. Also, it's not great. another another thing I really liked. Patrick Pilsen showed up to guide her into the guy's house and I was like, that guy looks like Patrick Wilson if you squint your eyes. Maybe he's the protagonist with her. Are you talking about Kyle? Yeah. Yeah, no, Kyle doesn't look anything like Patrick Wilson. Guys, if you squint your eyes, no. it looks like him. He does the same movement. This is the cold medicine talking. I, I was on a lot of medicine. If you look above the waist, they sort of did look alike. But you're right, Paige. He wasn't as big as Patrick Wilson. You know what I'm no, he doesn't look like him at all. But he got killed very quickly. I was surprised that he got killed so fast. By the stepmother's evil life-sucking powers? Yes. Yeah, she sucks him through the hand and mouth, it would appear. But again, yeah. nothing's explained. <laughs> but Red Skull didn't do that in the first film. No, we never saw Red Skull kill people in the first film. You would just come back and their corpse would be kind of desiccated. So this yeah. is kind of like the first time. We- I thought he just cut their skin off to wear it. I didn't know he had to like suck their life force out of them. No, it was suck the life force out of them in the first one. I'm almost positive because there's quite a bit of like that sort of stuff and it's not as transition-y cool as it is in this movie yeah but they do have some of that stuff in the first one as well they do and you have to remember that this version of hell is sexy hell so anytime you can incorporate sucking and fucking they're gonna do it yeah dude it blew my mind when one of the cinnabites was a child i know what what? how did that happen i don't know i think it's just whoever opens the puzzle box right sure yeah Usually, like the reason they don't mess with Tiffany at one point in this movie is if like an innocent opens the puzzle box like the puzzle box is supposed to also be punishment for people who seek excess like that's the whole point of Hellraiser as like a concept is people who seek excess and extremes will one day be the victim of those excess and extremes well only pinhead called the rest of the Cenobite club off of her they were gonna fuck her up and then he's like no but he said no but there was a time when he wasn't there so they probably killed a bunch of people well I think it's I think it's because she's not the one who wanted it like they got her to open the box but he's like she's not the desire she's the hands oh yeah he says something that's complete gibberish but we're supposed to just <laughs> know what it meant me I wrote it down again this is me making up my own version but yeah your version makes just as much sense as my version and Todd's version yeah. and the movie but he comes in and says it is not hands that call us it is desire which i understood what it meant but that's full gibberish unless he's talking about phones because then a phone would need a hand to call them (laughs) i think what it means is because it's this idea of like when you think about crime if you kill someone accidentally it's not the same as murder if you did not have the intent to kill them right you know if this wasn't premeditated you know whatever or manslaughter or yeah, I think that's what this basically is. It's like she opened the box, but she didn't want this, right? This was not her intended plan. Oof. Someone else there, wanted sister. this. Yeah. Someone else wanted this and pushed her to open the box. Yeah. They're the ones we have to go after. So I think that's what it is. So it's not just the fact that you open the box. 
It's you have to open the box with intention, which is in line with a lot of occult thought that has a lot of symbolism and things in this movie. It just is very ham-fisted about the way that it explains it. I guess my point is she was trying to solve the box. She might even have been desiring to open it, perhaps. So, like, the line the Cinnabite says is nonsense. And <laughs> No lines in this movie are I know, clear. That's why I don't like it. Like, if there's no causality for anything in this movie, so much so it became like a I think you should leave sketch because it, like, was so committed to just not telling you why things were happening yeah. that you're forced to laugh at it when you're hitting the hour 10 mark. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, I guess just fuck me and my experience watching this movie, <laughs> director man. Like, what is happening? You just gotta let it happen. I know, and you do. It makes so much no sense that it makes perfect sense. <laughs> nope. Uh <laughs> I got to a point where this is why it took me so fucking long to watch this movie. Cause I would like a scene would happen and I would pause it and be like, what does this mean? And try <laughs> to think about do, it. Yeah. Why? Yeah. The <laughs> worst thing you could do to yourself. Oh, now I know my personal hell would be watching the <laughs> Hellraiser franchise with a dictionary page. No, you would have to write a dissertation on the meaning of the Hellraiser franchise. I feel like I could after this movie, um, but it's more more just like, what are the themes that I know that they're playing with? What is the occult stuff that they're misunderstanding? Who is Clive Barker and what weirdness would come out of that? And then cobbling it together into being like, okay, so I think this maybe isn't really hell, but specifically a dimension ruled by an elder god that requires mazes, but also punishes people for their own excesses and that's why everyone's punishment is related to their crime except for the one guy who just has to have blurry sex forever and the one child who was a cinnabite that's the one i can't figure out is the child okay so cinnabite life let's talk about cinnabite life hashtag cinnabite life it seems like it sucks to become one but once uh -huh. you're done with the process like the hazing yeah once you get paco jetted like yeah once they paco jet your brain then like of course i mean they are cool they they just like chill out down there and like go get out and like murder people like they don't seem like they're in torment we know zero about their day-to-day -day, and mikey's like eh, it can't be that bad they're in hell like <laughs> what are we saying i'm not a hundred percent here's my theory on the cenobites and all the people in hell uh, if this is hell in this dimension all 15 people that were in this hell yeah, it was Paige, Mikey, me, MC Escher. Yeah. <laughs> so many stairs, so many windows. Yeah. I think they're in constant pain and everyone is in constant pain, but it's pain mixed with pleasure. So you are party to some of the most pleasurable delights, but the catch-22 is that you are also in constant pain. Like, you can come back to full life and regain skin, but until you gain that skin, you're in constant pain, and you can't die because you're technically already dead. But again, this is just me thinking too hard about Hellraiser. Yeah. I mean, and all of that makes sense, but it's not what's in the movie. It's None of that's explained or shown on screen. Before we get into it, I need to tell you- Wait, are we not getting- Are you not recording before we get into I, it? I, I'm, I'm just saying- What is happening? Close your eyes, and I want you to watch the lens in which I watch the lens of just someone who worked at that psychiatric hospital who goes into work <laughs> one day and was like, 
30 patients are missing. Should I report this? Right. Or should I just not bother having to like feed them today? I'm just going to go to the next war. Ward D is missing. Does anybody <laughs> notice? Oh, the doctor left a note that he took the 30 patients. All right. On a field trip to hell. <laughs> to hell. <laughs> that they Paco jetted his brain and put some sort of weird bug penis in it. And now he has finger penises. At the end, when it rips it out, like his he- head in half, which is a cool effect. Very cool. It fully is a dick. Like you see, it, it is a yes, dick. It's a penis. This is sex hell. Yes. This is sex hell. He is. Yeah. It is a dick. Horny jail. All of these people are in horny jail. I think maybe it wasn't a child. It was like a teenager who just got too horny. You know how teenagers be. Paige, I would be a Cenobite at like 13. Like, I, what are we doing? Like, that's not fair. I think he was just a really big puzzle enthusiast. And all the Cenobites aren't sexual deviants. They're just big puzzle people. And that's what happened to them. I can't wait until we do hit like the Rubik's Cube time in history. Like the speed Rubik's Cube people, because all of them are going to be the next round of Cenobites. It's just going to be them with like. Hell only (laughs) takes the top Rubik's Cube. You can't just have 30. You have like board puzzles, the Rubik's Cube. (laughs) They're like their own divisions. Yeah. And like their goal is to be this year's Cenobite. I got you. Yeah, that makes sense. Pinhead is the Sudoku. He's the Sudoku Cenobite. He's the Sudoku Cenobite? (laughs) Because he's got a grid on his head. That makes sense. His epic backstory was revealed, which was he was a white guy. In World War II, definitely. One, I believe. I don't think he could be based on that uniform. Well, he's a pith he has a pith helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But You're right. That was supposed to be a whole sub story that got cut out completely that is in the third one, allegedly. Okay. Finally, a reason to move forward. Well, at a certain point, the Hellraiser movies stopped being based on anything and are just movies they acquired and then Control F Pinhead. I love that too. Oh, also, Julia is supposed to be the big bad and big bad moving forward. So, like, oh, wait, really? in the story, yes. She's the big bad in this movie? I'm burning a ton of fun facts, but I feel like we need to because this movie makes no sense. Okay. Yeah. This movie was greenlit during post production of the first one. So, it was greenlit before this movie, first one ever came out, right? Oh, boy. So, they had no idea how popular Pinhead was going to be. In the books, Pinhead is just one of many Cenobites. He's not like a leader or anything. And in fact, the character of Pinhead in the books is a woman. It's a whole thing, right? What? They changed it drastically for the movie. Yes. However, in the new Hellraiser, Pinhead is also a a woman or potentially androgynous. I don't know. I haven't seen it. We'll get to it. Anyway, so. I actually am looking forward to seeing the 2022 or the 2020 Hellraiser. kind of. Same. I think it might make more sense. Because the creative team that did all of these Hellraisers were not involved. Right. So they didn't know that after the first movie, people were going to be like, Pinhead's the guy. Yeah. Right? Like to the point where people refer to Pinhead sometimes as Hellraiser, which is incorrect. I did that until we started started doing this podcast like that that was my understanding of this franchise yeah right so this movie is in production as that movie's being released and they're like seeing this so they drastically rewrite this movie to kind of like i guess kill pinhead maybe he's dead maybe he's not questions air quotes who knows he can't be dead like he's the face of the franchise 
Well, that's the thing. When they were making this movie, he wasn't. So they had to change it so he was because Julia was going to be the villain in this and the next one. Okay. So a lot of the, the things that she's doing in horny jail hell is her trying to gain power to be like the most powerful being underneath the god leviathan who is the god of excess that she serves right right so she would have then become the villain but because pinhead was so popular after the first one got released they had to drastically rewrite it so now the third movie it's pinhead and julia uh gets uh her skin taken in this movie and kirsten gets to wear it so when kristen was wearing julia's skin i lost my mind at that reveal how long would it take to put a full skin suit like that on she went to hair and makeup page like that would take I know. hours uh-huh. like it was a mission impossible level reveal where he like peels the face off i was like what is happening but it looked good for the time like i'm not making fun of the effect like it looked great it was just insane i don't even understand why she did it it's just all so stupid yeah well i guess to trick that guy so that the penis would rip his head off but why but okay but that guy only had his penis head ripped off because i can't believe that i just said that because (laughs) look it's a box full of demon penis snakes and it takes his fucking head because he was trying to kill tiffany in this movie, right? He was trying to kill her and he got his right. snake hands stuck in the thing. Snake knife penis hands. Right. Yeah. And then the thing wanted to move, so it ripped his head in half. But he, Right. So it wasn't because of the kiss yeah. that she did as Julia. And also, Julia and the doctor weren't like an item ever. No. So she could have just kissed the doctor. Like, this is the stuff that drives me crazy when I'm watching the movie. I'm like, why none of that she didn't have to do why this makes no sense like, i was just like yelling that the entire time just relax and watch the torture box of penis snakes man oh, yeah, it's a it's a carnival it's a it's, it's the it's the david s pumpkins ride it is the mc escher david s pumpkins carnival yeah you're like your dad's not here only everyone else in hell is here <laughs> your dad didn't want to sign on because he saw the first film yeah they should have just told her at the end your dad's in heaven and i'd be like oh that's sweet uh, not this is the second Willy Wonka book with the terrifying elevator um, <laughs> yeah which is what it is Todd I'm gonna need you to take that scene much like you did great job by the way with oh, the Phantasm 2 yeah I need you to take the <laughs> one of her taking Julia's face off and score it to the Mission Impossible yeah Oh my God, that song taught me how to play in 5-4. Do you guys want to get into this movie so we can talk about it scene by scene though? Yeah, I have so much more to say about penis snakes and the occult. Let's go. That's why I'm here, Paige. This movie (laughs) opens on a dark screen with a voice that says, what's your pleasure, sir? And I was like, I already hate this. (laughs) And Paige, we see, I think, the worst moment from the first film. (laughs) I thought about you when it aired. That line in the first film felt like a very pointed fuck you viewer to me well when it was just jesus wept. yeah <laughs> it's like okay teenager yelling at her parents over the dinner table oh it does it feels it feels like some child just got into their goth era and found spencer's gifts and wanted to write a moody screenplay like that's what these movies feel <laughs> like to me i wish more people did that 
Have you seen The Crow? It's kind of like that also. Yes, but I think The Crow excels at that because it doesn't take itself so pretentiously seriously. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. This can be fun if you let it be fun and let it be a weird puzzle of like, what does the penis snake mean? These are sentences I never thought I'd ask myself. I had a great day today. Anyway, <laughs> this is a recap from the first movie. So we're seeing him get ripped apart. Whereas the Jesus wept and the Cenobites with such dough to show you. And then <laughs> the puzzle box, she closes the puzzle box, go to hell. And then, and again, all of that, I'm like watching this. I was like, this is the, did I click on the wrong one? Like this is all from the first. Oh, and then the credits start and it's just black credits, white, white letters for two and a half minutes of just like names, yeah. music. And I was like, man. Guess how pissed I was, Paige. And this is not a problem <laughs> with Hellraiser. A lot of movies at the time did this. Yes. And it's just so boring. <laughs> but when we come back from the most boring credits in the world, uh, we focus on a gauge, which at first I was like, E-meter? No, it's some <laughs> sort of radio. Uh, and then we pan across a bed that has an old army uniform and a pith helmet in what looks like an empty aircraft hangar or a giant jail but all i took note of was that they clearly had more money for this one than the first one oh, even yeah. though their budget got cut they absolutely did yes so the he's playing with the puzzle box and it lights up with force lightning because it's always force lightning in this movie uh and then clouds cover the jail cell it's dark there's a light just on him the box opens and in my notes i just have hookers but it's just like a bunch of hooks with chains technically it is four hooks making up hookers yeah because they hook him into the box multiple hooks yeah uh, and he gets ripped and sliced and pins and i was like oh is this where pinhead comes from who's to say no information i was like oh cool this is how pinhead became pinhead that's cool, cool. and then i was like oh wait they're human and then or they were yes. formerly human i should say right and then like through the movie they're like no we were we were never human i, I didn't know that guy I, I, that wasn't me and then you <laughs> hand him a picture and they're like oh i guess I was my bad he's remembering Peter oh my god that's the only hook I believe in is the movie hook oh y'all fuckers still have not watched blind spotting which had a hook episode this week y'all a hook episode Paige how much is stars paying you not enough <laughs> because it is exhausting trying to drag you into good TV anyway so he comes out of the the Pinterest pinning pin thing uh -huh. and he's like the sweet suffering the cinnamon and the cream cheese frosting and I just have in my notes this is why solitary confinement is so bad like you might turn into pinhead um, <laughs> if you don't play your cards right he played his puzzle box right he's played his puzzle box right you should have given him cards anyway we <laughs> cut we cut to an institution where it's Kirsten from the first movie and she's just like sitting there and she's just like so Where's like my boyfriend? Where's everything? And, and the boyfriend, by the way, gone. Not in this movie. Still alive in the story? One would assume. I mean, I don't think he died in the first one, right? No, it says it. It says, we committed her to an institution. He went home. He went home. Even though, like, he told us a crazy story too, but women weren't, weren't. So, like, she, <laughs> she's in this institution. I do love how they were like, sir, you're good to go. <laughs> and yes. she's like, what? We had the same story. Yeah. 
He broke up with her, so we let him go home. Yeah. And so she's in there talking to the doctor. She's like, no, I saw it. All the blood, the terrifying stuff, and my pervy uncle. We know. Your boyfriend called you a witch. Now go away. <laughs> We're going to dunk you in a pond. And if you float, then you are a witch. But if you sink, you are dead. You were innocent. And thank goodness you were innocent as you ascend to heaven. Uh, yeah. So meanwhile, there are police at the crime scene, and they find her uncle's terrifying porn stash but also another body <laughs> that they accidentally shoot that's full of maggots super gross it is really gross this movie won't be a one for me but it's not scary but the body stuff is the body horror is real yeah. in this movie I'll, I'll be completely honest with you the one that really got me is where the doctor not kyle but the other doctor who becomes like the main guy uh, when he brings that guy in and he has like maggots yeah. on his chest and he's cutting his chest with the straight razor, that, ah, ooh, ooh, it was not good for me. That was, oof. Anyway, so the detective is, meanwhile, at the hospital, he's getting this information and he turns to this very traumatized woman and is just like, why don't you talk to me? No demon fairy tales. And she's like, my father didn't believe either, but some of them come true, even the bad ones. <laughs> and he's just like, I don't, what are you saying? So she did it. <laughs> she did it. Uh, so they call in and they're like, hey, uh, we found more bodies, but we also found this bloody mattress. Should we, is it evidence? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Clearly, it's evidence. Also, it has hooks and chains in it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Clearly, it's evidence. Like, at some point, someone should throw that mattress away, but this thing is like a holy relic for some reason. Anyway, but it isn't just a bed. The fact that the guy says just a bed page, I was like, no, this was used in a torture type of scenario. Someone yeah. was murdered here, sir. Yes, it's evidence. I, I have made a mattress look like that. I'm sorry, you have made a mattress look like this? Wait, Todd, we need to talk about the podcast right away. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah, I was washing my sheets and eating chips and salsa, and I only buy salsa in big jugs. You do only buy salsa and big jugs and you spill it fucking everywhere. Did yeah. you guys clean the fridge of the Airbnb before we left? Yeah. Uh, probably. Okay. I think we did actually. Mikey, we did. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Because that was another place where plenty of salsa was spilled. Yeah. And I, was, I opened the fridge and I was like, I have such sights to show you, Paige. <laughs> and he's like indecent proposaling himself with salsa instead of money. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just covered in salsa and guac. And I'm like, behold, <laughs> hell is upon us, the pain. That's going to make your pee hole burn. That's the pain, Paige. Well, of course it is. The pleasure is what you get. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> I know a lot of listeners that would be down for some Mikey Lovin' and some chips and salsa. I don't cook a quesadilla. We become the quesadilla. No! <laughs> we provide the heat. Tortillas and cheese melted in a painful thing. Yeah. He, he just opens his bedroom door and his sheets are two tortillas slapped together and he's like, come join me. It's not the hands that guide us. It's the desire for the tortilla <laughs> that we target. I have such sights to show you. Come, darling. You know my quesadilla is not complete without brie and sour like that's her name. cream <laughs> oh, oh how would you put brie in a case i mean that sounds amazing because it's the only female name that's also a cheese 
Really? Is there not any more? Oh, shit. I forgot about Jackie Cheddar. I don't know. I feel like Bree's the main one. I think I broke Paige. I'm sorry. It's me, Jackie Cheddar. I told you I had dated some monsters. You guys. Man, Mikey, your jokes are super cheesy today, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Okay, so let's get back to this movie. <laughs> you bastards. Oh, uh, I love it. Anyway, so uh, this horrible death mattress, he's like, tag it and move it. I'm like, yeah, that's your job. Anyway, so we cut to somebody having open brain surgery from a terrifying doctor because this is like, this is going to be penis head later, but he's like, the mind is a labyrinth. And I'm like, this doesn't sound like the things you should be saying during surgery. Uh, and it's clearly experimental brain surgery where he like drills something into the brain. It's kind to say a lobotomy is experimental brain surgery. But it's not a lobotomy. A lobotomy would be through the front. Through the That's nose, your frontal yeah. lobe. And he's going in the back. Oof. Some people like it. In the, I'm just saying. Some, some people like it. That to each method. their own. You know, it's, whatever. it's whatever you and your surgeon consensually agree upon. Right. If somebody's <laughs> going to dremel your brain and you're like, it hits deeper from the back. I get it. But like you guys have that conversation. <laughs> uh, I've seen what you're working with tool wise, Doc. And you're going to need to enter from the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they come in and they're like, hey, that girl who uh, knew the person on the bloody hook mattress is here. And he's like, oh, perfect. Uh, I'll get to this later. And just like leaves the surgery no he's like my part's done y'all finish it up he says it in the film oh. yeah uh, apparently his part was just like yeah i'm done uh i got off you finish yourself off all right bye 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 it does sort of play that way although i'll say this i work in the industry a little bit they do have physician assistants that are honestly oh for sure pretty close to being doctors and when the surgeon is done, a lot of times it's the physician assistant that'll close up. That stitches you up. But they do a lot more than just like, okay, I drilled. Now I'm out. Like they do the whole <laughs> surgery. They do more than pump and dump, you would say. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also think in a real surgery, they probably don't have like flaps holding the skin that far away from the brain. Yeah, it was clearly, it was for comedic effect uh, yeah, <laughs> or dramatic yeah, effect. Yeah, yeah. His head looked like a cabbage. I thought it was pretty fun. <laughs> a bloody sauce of cabbage. What is a brain if not a bloody saucer cabbage? This needed more embalming mustards for me. Same. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, this and Phantasm, not that far off. No, they're not. And honestly, I would like this if the dialogue was more on the level of Phantasm, which is an insanely low wow. bar to get to. But this movie, the dialogue takes itself so seriously that it's hard to be like, oh man, this is fun and silly. Yeah. When he's like, uh, come on down to Cinnabon where we have such sweetest pleasures known to man. The mind is a labyrinth. The bakery is a prison. <laughs> and we are all captured to the cinnamon and dough buttery feelings of the yeah this movie is just like labyrinth okay labyrinth is a movie we haven't even discussed yet and you said it like we were talking about them being similar but they are they are page said labyrinth that's because it was a quote from this film uh but <laughs> which means the movie knows they're, they're like they're just like no labyrinth is just a word anyway but <laughs> it's not only the title of the movie who knows imagine if david bowie is playing pinhead <laughs> Are he David Bowie just the seventh Cinnabite? 
<laughs> just by himself, just like, and we're rocking in this hell world with, yeah, just all, with the doors or and all the stairs. <laughs> just like juggling the clear clothes. Yes, I'm here for that 150%. I'm a Cinnabite waiting <laughs> in hell for you. Uh, sorry. I apologize, Sovereign. I'd be like, I'm in my hell. Musical stuff. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Anyway, he leaves the surgery and he's like, what is it? And they're like, some traumatized girl. And he's like, all right. Uh, (laughs) We'll be keeping you for a very long time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he walks in and she's like bare knuckle boxing that cop. (laughs) Like hardcore. And she's like, I saw it and I solved the box and the centibites. And the doctor's like, really? Like, "Mm." tell me everything. That's exactly what I'm into. And how did that make you feel? (laughs) It was crazy to me that she was concerned that the cop thought she was crazy. Like, of course, he thinks you're crazy. Like, I feel like if you were sane and you were saying these things, you would be saying things like, I know this sounds crazy. I know this sounds (laughs) crazy. But she doesn't make any reference to that at all. She's just like, yeah, it was like I found a portal to hell. Like, that's a thing. I've seen worse on the local news. You'd be surprised. I know this sounds crazy, but what if jail <laughs> was sexy? I saw a couple of movies. A couple. <laughs> I was going to say, in, from the and 70s. Jail was sexy, and they were called. I've seen Oz. Not Oz. <laughs> yeah. Oz is not what I was referring to. It was a women's jail. I think the movie oh. was just called Woman's Jail. Oh, it's Women in Cages. Women in Cages Women is the name cages. of the film. Is this the a cage was emotional. film for adults? <laughs> yeah, it was an emotional uh, It thing. is a real film starring Pam Greer. No shit. It's not a horror film. Otherwise, I'd force it's you guys to watch it. because it's not a horror wild. film. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> there is a subgenre of movies female prison movies mm-hmm. and they have a lot of artistic merit merit do they now yes mm-hmm. but jail is sexy on them in them <laughs> all right i haven't seen them i've seen a good five to ten minutes of each of them <laughs> holy shit are we already no we're not we're, okay. we're not quite half okay <laughs> I mean, we're pretty. I mean, but nothing happens in this movie, which I love. Nothing explicable happens in this movie. I didn't know what to expect, and yet I expected everything, and it got nothing. But then I got everything and expected everything, but nothing. <laughs> that dialogue is about as coherent as the one in this movie. What you just said is probably word for word what Pinhead said in this movie. That's probably what they should quote me on <laughs> on a box of the review. <laughs> like bad libs for fetishes. Oh my god. <laughs> I bet there are dirty Mad Libs. It's called sexting, Paige. Okay, I I get that. But I mean like actual dirty Mad Libs. Adult Mad Libs. An awkward encounter. Uh, I think I have ideas for our next live show. Hell yeah. Uh, Here's my idea for the next live show. Was it an actual line of dialogue Pinhead said or chat GPT pretending to be an angsty teen? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm gonna go, is it Pinhead or is it my chemical romance? Although I bet the audience will do well. I bet you guys will do badly. And that will be fun for all of us. I think you're uh, misunderstanding my love of uh, My Chemical Romance. Am I? Nope. Great. Let's go. Okay. So he's like, I'd like to talk to her alone. And the cop's like, okay. So as he's leaving, she says, the mattress, you got to destroy it because she can come back now like Frank. And I think 
This is just her spitballing as to what will destroy the mattress and stop the madness from happening. I mean, does she even go into what will stop the mattress from being a portal to hell? I don't even think she knows. Well, if blood causes Julia to come back, OxyClean causes Julia to be banished <laughs> to forever into the afterlife. Billy Mays here coming to you straight from hell with OxyClean. Do you have a relative that you don't want to come back? OxyClean. Leave me down here. I'm in the blurry half sex room all the time and I love it. <laughs> oh my God. If he was just in the background, just like, y'all need to clean. <laughs> just like, I would have loved that. So well, much. he probably had to deal with the Cenobites because I feel like that they did a lot of like the higher up middle management of Labyrinth Hell and like mm -hmm. there's a lot of blood down there and it's going to stain on that rock without somebody cleaning it up. There, There is, uh, and I know we were watching what we do in the shadows uh, when we were at Panic Fest. But I do love the one where he just tapes like 10 Tide Pens together and it's like a super <laughs> oh Tide <God>. Pen. <laughs> just spray OxyClean on the bed and watch the magic happen. Sorry, I, th I think that Billy Mays bit was funny. You don't want <laughs> your stains to turn into your bloody stepmother coming to life and trying to kill everybody. Pleasure and pain and cinnamon. Okay, so. <laughs> and icing. I just, I love thinking that there's Cinnabon employees that are like, this is what we do in our off time. Uh, so I want them to be detectives and they're going to take a Cinnabite out of crime. <laughs> and our fourth Cinnabite, Scruff McGruff, the crime dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> he opens his trench coat and it's just like hooks and it's ladders. Just hooks. But still fully <laughs> naked. That dog was fully, yeah, fully naked nude. walking fully around. Nude. That is a live sentient being that can do taxes walking around nude. Sorry. I walk around nude all the time. Same. Well, I guess my question is, at what level of sentience do pants become a requirement? Never. All right. Yeah. He could wear a kilt. Just ask Donald Duck <laughs> or ja or Jamie from Outlander. <laughs> Pants are never a requirement. All right. I have a serious question. How is that possible based on this conversation? <laughs> when man was uncivilized, like in the wilds, and they had to run a lot, like what did they do with their junk? Because when I run without like compression shorts, it hurts. And so like, did they just we hunt together like You're that? You're beating <laughs> up your thighs. I get it, Mikey. Not everyone has problems like that. <laughs> But if that's the case, <laughs> wouldn't smaller penises be the ones that evolved? I think they were wrapping them back, like with a loincloth. Yeah, they would use uh, what they call tuck tape, just yeah. like duct tape, but it's for your dick and balls. Right, but you, first you got to push the balls up inside and then pull the shaft back. That is true, Mikey. I can see your face, and that is a true fact I learned while watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I just don't think they can hunt like that. I feel like it might make you faster, like aerodynamically speaking. I guess my question is, foot race, exact same person, one is tucked and one is not, who's faster? I need Mythbusters on the case. Well, if it's you, you're going to be the fastest with your freaky talon feet. <laughs> Just gripping the ground like there's spikes for sprinting. Yeah, it's not fair because I can take different routes because I can use my feet to hook onto the tree branches. Yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can climb the sheer face of a cliff. This is not fair. I can't hang upside down, Todd. My dick would hit me in the face. <laughs> Well, you can't hang upside down unless you're using your dick to hold you to the tree. Yeah, like a lemur or whatever, like that does with his tail. That's not what a lemur... Oh, okay. Not with a lemur's dick, Mikey. Well, I've decided to conclude this serious question. 
Nope. Uh, we got to keep going. If it weren't for us, your dick would be slapping you in the thighs until you were bruised like a pole dancer. I'm sure we're the ones that oh, came I'm up sorry. with a solution. What are you going to try to do a, a Cinnabite sales pitch to me now? <laughs> I think we're slowly seeing over the course of the podcast why Mikey is prove alone. <laughs> Hello, cheese puns. You couldn't even get Jackie Cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to get back to this movie because I refuse to let our Hellraiser 2 recording go three hours like our music and lyrics recording did. Yeah. No, I'm not doing I it. I refuse. Not doing it. Anyway, back to this movie. So as soon as the doctor hears about the mattress, he's like, I've got something to take care of. Kyle, you're kind of a pervy nurse. You stay here. I'm a go. Kyle was weirdly around her. Like, yeah, he absolutely was. Yeah. And when he died, I wasn't super mad about it because he had just sort of like touched her face and said something that was like, it's a lot vaguely sexual to someone who was like a patient in the hospital. By the way, Kyle's a doctor. He's not a nurse. Yeah. Okay, let's not give Kyle more heat than the guy who killed 40 patients, okay? Okay. Oh, we're giving him plenty of heat. The yeah. penis takes his head off. He breaks her out and is like, let's go break into this other doctor's house. I believe you about your, your sex mattress. I Sure. Because like when, when she gets out, right, he tells her about the wooden puzzle girl next door, right? Uh-huh. Which is like literally the next scene is like she gets out, he finds her, and he literally has like his hands on her shoulders. Yeah. And is like pressed up against her. I was just like, ooh. It no. is played like he's romantically interested in her. Yes. At least that's the way it reads to me. I don't really get that Same. from her. I'm getting that from him. Yes. Yeah. And this is the one, this is and Todd, you're gonna hate this because it's it's gibberish. But she's the like looking at the puzzles, is like, why is she doing the puzzles? And he's like, Well, I think she's trying to put things in her life in order. And then she just goes, Or she's opening doors. Doesn't matter. Anyway, I'll go to bed. Like, just like immediately. It, are we supposed to infer things? Maybe. Is it foreshadowing? Kind of. I sort of love that line of dialogue because it is bonkers and delivered in a very weird but quintessentially 80s way. Yep. I mean, and, and it does, that actually does sort of make sense because she's been traumatized also. Right. The stuff that doesn't make sense, that's the stuff that really bothers me. So she has what I would say is a nightmare. There's steam coming from the radiator. There's blood on the walls. There's puzzles. And there's a bloody figure laying on the floor who has written, I am in hell, help me. And she then wakes up. The words are still on the wall. She like tastes the blood. Oh, she's like, oh, it's dad's blood. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, dad. Like, it's <laughs> weird. I didn't realize her dad was sweet baby Ray, but I love his blood too. Oh, honey oh. barbecue. <laughs> so we cut to the doctor making his rounds and he's like, how are we feeling today? And he passes by a guy who's like 105 years and he still doesn't know my name, which, okay. I thought it was funny. I was like, okay, I, I get what you're trying to do here, movie. That's sure. the one joke you've afforded the audience. We appreciate it. I thought it hit. I was like, man, you're right. I don't learn patients' names. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I'm not a name guy. I'm a face guy, you know? I'm a face guy too, Mikey. I'm very bad with names. Yeah. I think it's the same guy he kidnaps later and makes cut his own chest open a bunch over. No, it's a different guy. But he does pass. It's in the next scene that he passes the guy that he, he takes. Yeah. Because he gets into the elevator, the horrible elevator, and goes down to the maintenance floor to meet David S. Pumpkins. Um, <laughs> but it's almost like this is like a padded cell prison below the hospital that no one is monitoring. Yeah, it seemed like the um, you know institutionalized version of like solitary confinement, maybe. like. But it is like quintessential padded cell kind of thing. 
but they're also it's dirty like they're being mistreated oh, yeah. like that's not part of the normal floor. hospital it's a maintenance floor yeah. yeah 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 i got the vibe that it was just him and the people that were working on that floor that knew about that floor yeah but there's nothing like stopping anyone from going no i know to i know that floor yeah i got it can't no. be i guess nothing makes sense because it, if you think about it Ugh. it's very impossible to have a secret floor on a hospital when you're just one doctor right and there's an elevator button that lets you off on that floor yeah right and maintenance has to do their actual maintenance like the boiler is right there as well right like, oh the boiler's making noise oh i fixed it Oh, there's 30 people down here. <laughs> right, right. All screaming. Oh, this is a horrifying prison? I thought all that was from the boiler. <laughs> yeah, well, funny <laughs> to find that out. <laughs> oh, God. Like, you know, because then you got to kill that person, right? Well, you got to call the anonymous com- corporate compliance line. Uh, yes, I don't want you to know my name, but I found 30 people locked in the basement. What if they're all former maintenance guys? <laughs> and he just like waits for them to come down there and it's just like, oopsie daisies. So, uh, this is where we see, we see a guy with like, he's like screaming with his eyes rolled back. But then we also see the guy who's like, please get them off me. Who is picturing that he has some sort of maggots or bugs or anything on him, which is very sad. Yes. That, but that would be a horrible thing to experience. It looked like maggots to me. Like he had already died in his mind and those were like the maggots eating his skin. Tactile hallucinations are very rare. Yeah. Usually drug induced. Yes. But they do happen, right, Mikey? Like Yeah. But usually it's methamphetamine. Yeah, I was I was gonna say meth is usually the culprit. And yeah. Woof. Schizophrenia, they're very, very rare. I mean not, not that they don't happen, they're just very, very rare. Yeah. They because this movie plays it like he's a schizophrenic old timey psychiatric patient that, that usually doesn't happen like that. yeah one time on morphine i uh hallucinated that i had peed my pants but the doctor told me that would happen so yeah i hallucinated i peed my pants two page wink wink i definitely didn't shit my pants on the floor like six <laughs> weeks ago it was a hallucination i didn't that's you <laughs> it was a hallucination it was a dream it was all a dream <laughs> they're calico cut pants it's a real thing page yeah <laughs> the doctor injected the thing and he was like oh you're gonna think you peed your pants but you didn't and then he just walked out of the room because i was there for a extreme dehydration so he was like yeah you didn't pee your pants i just threw up too much it's fine anyway so uh pervy kyle comes to check up on christy and she's like i had a visitor it was my father and he's like alone and suffering he's like your dad's dead and she's like yes dead alone and suffering did you not listen like what the fuck so he's married again (laughs) (laughs) oh wow boomer humor take my wife no really to hell take her why don't you stick to your minion memes boomers (laughs) i think it's pronounced mignon but i see what you're saying yeah mignon Mignon memes we have such mignons to show you (laughs) i didn't turn over this to red you bring me some more mignon hell syllabite okay oh my god what if there is a a brazilian steakhouse that's okay it's a brazilian steakhouse in the style of hellraiser where they only serve mignons but with like hooks and they're like cut open i would 100 percent go there just to check out what else is on their salad bar? Like, obviously, they sell <laughs> mignons, but, like, is their mac and cheese banger? Like, I want to find out how good it is in hell. You know what I'm saying? There was a place in Pasadena called The Meat Hook uh, that <laughs> you could order You could order your meat on a hook, and it, they would bring you a hook that had, like, one skewer with, like, multiple meats on it, and you would eat your way through the hook. It was delicious. At what point does it just become, and honestly... What Jesus taught us all to be, where that chef is just fishing for men at that point. If he's throwing (laughs) out big ass hooks with bait on them that you eat off of, at what point does he pull you and hook you with the Holy Spirit? Nailed it! (laughs) 
He hooked this lady. But I'm actually dragging two yellow barrels behind me. They were black barrels full of mustard, though. Well, it's a it's a Jaws reference because I ate the hooks. Oh, okay. I was thinking Phantasm. We may have lost the thread on the movie. Yeah. Anyway, so Kyle, pervy Kyle, goes to get the doctor and overhears the doctor being- Dr. Pervy Kyle? Dr. Pervy Kyle. He didn't take that pervy fellowship to not be called pervy, okay? Pervy Kyle, perv HD. Uh, so he goes to Dr. Kennard's office, and or Shenard's office, and he listens in. And this is the most descriptive overheard conversation ever, because he's like, yes, that's right, the mattress with the blood on it. I'll meet you by the side entrance. No, of my house, not the hospital. Okay, I'll see you there at 7 p.m. <laughs> the most exposition you could overhear in one phone It's call. an eavesdropper's dream, is all we're saying. Like, that is everything you need to know about that call yep so she then he he kind of like stops back in with her and she says this must have been going on forever uh like the part that destroyed my family started with my uncle frank frank and julia and then we devolve into the second recap montage of this film yeah we pretty much watch the highlights of film one yeah uh ending with jesus wept again great cool Uh, now we're back yeah and this is so he's brought dr shenard in to hear her story and she's like am i crazy and he's like i choose not to imply crazy but there's a lot for us to discuss and investigate there's a lot i gotta do uh okay bye and leaves i do like that this therapist doctor whatever like will murder the entire ward full of people but he draws the line at calling them crazy page yes Anyway, we cut to his house where Dr. Pervy Kyle, Perv HD, is trying to get in and he kind of like breaks in, but then he sees the mattress and he like walks the room a bit. So we get like an establishing shot and he just keeps looking at like occult symbols and puzzle boxes and pictures on the wall and he just goes, weird, fucking weird. Yeah, but that (laughs) scene takes 45 seconds to a full ass minute and it's not like we're learning things because we're getting close up on articles or like like information on the wall like it's gonna tell us who pepe sylvia is we get nothing that's actionable information it's just a guy walking around a confusing room saying weird see okay i got actual information from this we learned by coincidence that this guy wants to go to hellraiser town okay yeah he found a girl who went there this is my headcanon of what happened in this scene okay he is walking. We see multiple drawings of multiple puzzle boxes, which sure. to me meant that either the doctor has found multiple. Maybe there are multiple. We know there's multiple at the end. So maybe he has found and located multiple or made them. I think found because he's got them under cases. But then when he goes through the articles, this is where we learn that he's trying to figure out how to use people's subconscious to go to to horny hell, right? And so that's where he's kind of tracking all of it. But why? Why does he want to go to horny hell? Like, none of that is ever explained. It's It's not. His motivation is never clear. Yeah. Like, no, you're right. If his mother had just died and he was like, she was a real bad person. So I know if I find a way to hell, I can get her out. Like, that would be a two second motivation that would make sort of sense. No, man. He's like, look, I want to get down. Oh, and listen, you know where they definitely get down, baby? Horny hell. Hell yeah. Here's what I'm thinking. It's one of two things. Either he's like, I can only come when I staple my own dick to my desk. (laughs) Like, it's either that or... Been there, brother. Or... He doesn't know that it's horny hell and he thinks it's just another dimension and wants to explore it as a means of time travel. 
Did you wow. say time travel? I, I mean, I didn't get any of that. Okay. Or dimensional travel. I love this. But that makes sense that he's like Rick from Rick and Morty, like just discovering portal tech. Yeah. I think he knows it's a portal to hell and he wants to go to hell. But just because he's a like affluent tourist and he's been everywhere else. Mm, I think that's also acceptable. I, I ascribe to the, he thinks it's a different dimension. He doesn't fully know what he's getting himself into, but that he is desperate to discover. But also, I... I stayed up till two in the morning just mainlining Diet Coke and watching uh, the Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. So, like, I can't be trusted. <laughs> okay. I think he's really into stepmothers and he's, like, gonna go for it. You know what I'm saying? If he's really into stepmothers, he needs the box that leads him to Pornhub. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like... This was before Pornhub. And the, the true original Pornhub was Sex Horny Labyrinth Hell. Yeah. Sex Horny Labyrinth Hell, where the, there's a whole room of Sex Horny Labyrinth Hell where people are just getting stuck in washing machines like, oh, oh no. no. Yeah. I got I'm my hands stuck, stuck in, in this the couch. washing machine. Oh no. I don't know what you're talking about, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're my stepbrother, but I'm stuck. Uh, anyways. So. It's a weird thing to yell instead of saying, hey, could you help me get unstuck? <laughs> I'm I know our parents aren't married, but would you give me a hand? Your dick is so big. That has nothing to do with this, but also I'm stuck in the door. (laughs) Did somebody order a pizza with extra? Oh, are you stuck in a door? God, (laughs) you sound just like Pinhead. <laughs> I have such sights to show you, stepsister. Uh, so <laughs> I think, I think I'm, I'm not a huge BDSM guy, but like none of this movie sounded sexy to me. I'm like, I don't want to fuck a person without skin. Skin is usually my prerequisite. Yeah, he like goes at it. She looks like he a goes tomato. At it. Well, let me get there. We're not there yet. Yeah. So. Pervy Kyle hides in the in the curtains and he sees the doctor bring in that guy who is imagining that he has maggots covered in him. Yeah. And he takes his straight jacket off and puts him down on the mattress and just hands him a straight razor. It's like, this is going to go badly. Yeah. I mean, but he knows what he's going to do with it. Like, yeah. And th- this guy proceeds to just cut himself all over. Ugh. Although he slices at his neck like three or four times and doesn't die. I mean, he dies eventually. Eventually. He yeah. drenches the mattress in blood. No sooner has he that arms and legs come out and like blood wrestle. And he's trying to crawl away. She's right behind him. She drags him back. She reaches into the back of his head. Yeah. And basically eats him, sucks the life out of him. And he just kind of, the doctor just kind of stares at her. And she climbs back onto the mattress. The Foley is super gross. And she like orgasms all of her new strength up. Yep. And then stands up and he's just like, uh, okay. So we cut to. Can I just say this before we cut to anything? Yes. The effects on Julia look amazing. It looks so good. It looks so good. But her ears make me giggle because, like, they wouldn't be there. Right. And that's just funny to me that they were like, no skin, but, like, leave the ears. Leave the ears, though. (laughs) And, like, just paint them back or whatever. I do, because it does look like it's... You know, no skin. It's all the musculature and the bones. And it looks so good and so creepy. And they do it a few different times in the movie. Well, and a few different characters. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like she got on a swing set and swung really hard and then went all the way around. And she turned into Inside Out Boy, which is like a very vague. I was like, that is a deep, deep cut. (laughs) Deep, deep, deep. Okay, so you did get it. But I was like, okay. Never heard of Inside Out Boy. 
That's a new one for me. It was on Nickelodeon. Yes. All right. Anyway, we cut back to the hospital where the girl that doesn't speak is working on an MC Escher puzzle. That's Tiffany. That's the puzzle master, right? Yeah. Yeah. The I said more aloud than she says in this entire movie, and I watched yes. this movie alone. Yep. She don't speak. She's like Silent Bob in this movie. She's like Gwen Stefani in her biggest hit. <laughs> You say tit? No, hit the song Don't, Don't Speak. Speak. Oh. Where she's Stevie Nicks her boyfriend. This is Mikey from Horror Virgin. I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today. <laughs> Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey from Horror Virgin here. <laughs> Talk about Factor. <laughs> Nailed it. I have used Factor on and off the last couple of years, uh, especially since 2020. My work is very busy. I have a very busy day job. He does. I have a very busy hobby uh-huh. slash second job called podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so much work for you. <laughs> Eating healthy is hard. Cooking, I'm single. <laughs> cooking single is hard. And I've loved Factor. Other people, they ship you ingredients. You have to cook them. It takes a long time. Factor, they ship you fresh, never frozen meals. And it always only takes two minutes, which is like my favorite thing. I never have to think about how long it has to go in the microwave. It's two minutes. That's what my dating profile says. Always two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's helped me eat healthier, though. They have a bunch of like dietary options, like low calorie or protein or keto. Is it keto? Keto? Mikey, you said it wrong so many times I'm not sure if I remember how to say it right It's keto, right? Keto, no, it's keto, it's keto But anyway, Factor's amazing So just head to Factormeals.com Slash HorrorVirgin50 And use code HorrorVirgin50 To get how much percentage off, Mikey Were you paying attention? 50 Damn, 50% off, literally half off That's code HorrorVirgin50 At Factormeals.com Slash HorrorVirgin50 to get 50% off. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So we cut back to the doctor's house where she, meaning bloody Julia, is standing in his very white living room, ruining every surface. And she's wearing a nice white suit. Well, he he gives it to her because first she's yes, naked. That's fair. And punches yeah. the mirror. And then he like turns on the heater because she's cold and then gives her uh, a suit and wine. And she just goes, why? <laughs> After she drinks <laughs> he it. He really earned his red wings that day. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, Do you think they consummated the hell marriage? Absolutely. Yes. I would wait till she had her skin on or whatever. Like beauty's only skin deep, Todd. Okay. If you don't love me without my skin, okay. you don't deserve yeah, yeah. me with my skin. You need to look deeper. What's inside on the muscular skeletal <laughs> level? Listen, yes. I just don't think I could perform under that circumstance. What? What circumstance? If Natalie had no skin on, that would not even be on my mind. Anyway. He wraps her in bandages. So she's like a mummy in a dress uh, and she pushes him up against the wall and they're making out and he's like lifting her dress to like cup a butt cheek. And I'm like, what? No, but she looks like she is Chevy Chase for memoirs of the invisible man, yeah. which is the only John Carpenter movie I had seen before we started this podcast. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, that's not a good one. I mean, I didn't love it. (laughs) Anyway, he also squeezes her boob and I'm just like, boobs are fat. Like with a pH. Know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
You wouldn't really have boobs or a butt if you were just muscles. Maybe she's doing some squats and she does have a back caboose. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't like when the blood squirted out of them. That's not what comes out of a nipple, Mikey. It is when it is if, got no it skin. It is if you don't got no skin. <laughs> or you're a vampire. I think we've been over this. But this is this is kind of like the ears, right? So like you shouldn't have ears, right? So like the fatty tissue around your boobs and butt looks different than your musculature and sits on top of it. And instead they just have like boobs that are colored like muscles. Yeah. Well, because she actually has boobs and she actually has her skin on. It's just like makeup effects. Yeah. So they had to do yeah. something. Like I, I wasn't mad at that. Like whatever. She actually does have a butt. Like I get it. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Although, but if you do squats, that gluteus maximus muscle will like that's true. fill out. So like maybe that's what she's doing. I don't know. I know that we were playing dodgeball and she couldn't be on my team. Because you were playing shirts and skins. Yeah. And I was skins. We haven't even gotten to the weird part of this movie. Anyway. What? The whole movie is weird. How dare you say something so factually incorrect? Yeah. The movie's weird. We've just, we've just gotten to the part where I stopped understanding what was going on. Like, okay, she goes to a hospital. After this house stuff, I don't know what happens. Well, anyway, okay. So she she got no skin. Uh, and he squeezed her boobs. And she's like, now we just need skin. So we cut to <laughs> Kirsten in the shower. And he's like, yeah, I know. Yeah. He's like, we need skin 20 minutes ago. Yeah. He should have been like, oh, I thought I gave you oh. plenty of skin just a few minutes. Oh, I see. Oh, should have been getting into who I'm giving skins to. Anyway, <laughs> we cut to Kirsten in the shower. And Pervy Kyle. And she like gets out. And Pervy Kyle is just like, hey. I definitely wasn't watching you in the shower. Wink, uh, we got to get you some clothes and get you out of here. They're yeah. both very comfortable post-shower. <laughs> She's like, oh no, someone stole all my clothes. And he's like, I could get you clothes. I'm a doctor. And I was like, yep. what is this movie? Those are real quotes, everyone. Yeah. He's trying to tell her, like, there's a lady there with no skin or whatever. And she's like, not again. And so they like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> you might be wondering how I got into this. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, okay, let's go. But and they're about to leave, and she's like, you don't have to do this. I was like, bitch, how'd you think you were gonna get anywhere? <laughs> like, he's your ticket out of this hospital. Right? They both go. Like Kyle was already Dr. Pervy P I M D or whatever. Uh, and now he's just going to go sneak her behind the curtain. Literally, they come in behind the curtain in this scene. Yes. Is there a window, a door? Like, what is it? This is not a good hospital. Well, now I'm talking this about is, the well, doctor's going to the house. house. Like Dr. Chenard or whatever. Yeah. There is no establishment of where <laughs> anything is in this house. We never see that house's front door from the inside. We also never see someone come into that house that's not from behind this specific curtain. We, well, and we see the house outside. It is very clearly a mid-century single-story ranch. And then they go in upstairs. the movie, they go upstairs. <laughs> I noticed that too. I was like, I was like what? is it like a Harry Potter tent? Like there's no upstairs from the outside. Whatever. Okay. All right. They were playing, they were playing by redeeming love house rules. So <laughs> okay. anyway, but we see that the doctor has been bringing her like patients and people to eat. And she's just like sucking the life out of them through her mouth. Because what that mouth do, right? I mean, that's what she does to Kyle, right? Like she kisses him and like sucks his face until he becomes nothing well we haven't gotten to that yet but yes yeah yeah, yeah. so he and the doctor just like watches and is just like yes yeah skin um and at this point i looked at the time on the movie oh. because this movie is 
an hour and 40 minutes long. So it's like 100 minutes, give or take, right? Yeah. yeah. We've spent 43 minutes to get to this point in the movie. Yes. To just explain Julia's back and eating skin. Like, that's it. Yeah. So we cut to Kirsten and Pervy Kyle split up. Julia runs into Pervy Kyle and is just like, oh, don't go in that room. It's so terrible. I don't even know what's happening. He's bringing it bodies, pretending like she's not the thing. Yeah, like she just there for no reason i would never trust that right and not calling somebody yeah (laughs) Yeah. and being like kirsten your stepmother is here right yeah so he's like well i'm gonna go see anyway so he goes into the room with all the dead bodies which by the way would fucking reek the entire house would smell yeah you would have smelled that when you walked in yeah you would have been able to smell it from outside like that's how bad it would be yeah probably because there's like eight bodies strung up in there something like that there's a lot of bodies it's like a body jerky factory yeah Meanwhile, downstairs from the smoker house, she's going through (laughs) binders and finds that old picture of Pinhead pre the pins. And she pins it to her Pinhead Pinterest board (laughs) and a.k.a. her pocket, except I'll burn a fun fact here. When she goes to put it in her pocket, she misses. So she just folds the photo and slides it as if it's in her pocket. And (laughs) because she doesn't hit the pocket, the photo just falls it just slides down her jacket to the floor awesome do you see it in the movie yes oh yeah it's very visible i did not notice that that's hilarious it's really funny anyway we cut back to the smokehouse where she uh just smokers kyle with her mouth uh and kyle is very very dead and now she has his skin um which was kind of weird because i was like i I thought they were setting up pervy kyle to be some sort of love interest but no thank god honestly though i did like the way they did this because when you see julia and they like reveal her back because she's in like a backless dress Uh you see like skin on most of it but then like a a part of no skin right and then when she face sucks kyle it it does a reveal of her back and now her back is full it's got all of it i was like it would be so cool if they explained how any of this works yet later it works like a suit so i don't really understand right how why i don't understand it at all and i don't care todd because i don't really have any skin in the game Oh, you oh. son of a bitch. I love you it. You monsterella. <laughs> <laughs> so after she takes the photo downstairs from the office, she makes her way up to the smokehouse, finds all the bodies, and she just goes, and Julia is like, you always had good taste in men. I'm no longer the wicked stepmother. Now I'm the evil queen. Take your best shot, Snow White. I was like, what's she going to do? Like, clearly she's some sort of weird immortal hell being. Like, what's Kirsten going to do, right? I'd still punch her. I would probably just try and run, honestly. But yeah, like, what? Right? So the doctor comes back and he's like, now it's my turn and brings her puzzle girl. Which basically he's expecting her to like open the puzzle box and distract the Cenobites long enough so that they can go through the MC Escher hallways, right? Is that what the plan is? I think so, yes. We are to understand, Paige, question mark, that this doctor is smart enough to get through med school, but he can't solve this puzzle box. Tiffany is like 15 years old and she figures it out. I think he built the puzzle box and then looked for someone good enough at puzzles that they could solve it. He built his own? Yes. Is this canon? Like, how can that no, be? No, I, I don't. Okay. No, 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 I think he found, I th- this is their This is their puzzle box from the house. Okay, but hear me out. This is what I think he did, where it kind of makes sense. I think she was always supposed to be bait. I think he can open the puzzle box 
and just doesn't want to pay for it. He doesn't want to die. He's thinking they'll take her even though they don't because they know better. Yeah, they immediately focus on him. Right. Would have been a better movie. But yeah, yeah that, I get it. it. I wish they had explained something like that. Same. Yeah. Here's the other thing. I think Julia was always intending to double cross him, right? Yeah. And so I think Julia told him enough about the Cenobites to kind of help with some of this plant, some of it, because she comes in kind of late. But she knew that they would follow him. I definitely buy that. Yeah. And I think she is waiting for them to, you know? Yeah. Anyway. So he sets up Tiffany with the box and she opens it. It takes for fucking ever. It's one of the longest sequences in the movie. I love that almost every time you see the puzzle box moving, it is absolutely not being touched by the person moving it. They are just holding it in their hand. There's only one move that the box can actually do. And they yeah, and they do show that. But everything yeah. else is just an, uh, like a little box that is like a mechanical instrument that's just doing its thing. Yep. Uh, and it goes on forever. But yep. she opens it and they watch through like a two-way mirror. Right? Yeah. The doors open. And, and of course, Tiffany opens it. But also, Kirsten is there in the house. Right? Yeah. So the Cenobites come in with Pinhead. And they're about to take... Tiffany and he's like no it is not hands that call us it's desire and he looks to the broken mirror and knows that that's where Julia and the doctor have taken off right yeah so the box resets and closes Kirsty wakes up on the floor clearly now on the other side slash horny hell yeah as the walls start to break away she makes her way to the office where she finds the puzzle box and goes down the hall calling for her dad. Now, also, Tiffany is also in the hallways just wandering. She wanders through this carnival thing where she enters a house of mirrors. This serves as kind of a recap for her backstory where her mom brought her to this doctor because she was obsessive about her puzzles. And the doctor was like, oh, I'll take care of her. I found my puzzle person and then kills her mom. Yeah. Like it's implied sort of right in front of her too. Yes. Right in front of her. Yes. I mean, mm -hmm. we already knew the doctor was a monster, but he's even more of one. Yeah. Anyway. So we cut to Kirsten's running through the maze and she finds what looks to be her childhood house. She goes inside, there's pictures of her mom, but then they turn to pictures of Julia and then they're covered in blood. Because in this movie, when you don't know what else to do, cover it in blood. Like that's the whole ethos of this film. It's just like, yeah. I don't know, put some blood on it. I did love when she was holding the picture that turned into Julia, then covered in blood and she dropped it. We hear it break, but it clearly cuts away yes. before it breaks. And that to me was funny. I wonder if they like couldn't get it to break with the blood on top of it or whatever. I think the blood's inside it. I think it's actually a plastic yeah, frame yeah. with blood inside it so that you if, if you tip it, it fills. And so they can do it over and over, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's what I was wondering. If it was like yes. because of the practicality of that effect, they couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the hutch crashes. Yes. Uh, the kitchen hutch that she's. They're, they're actually on a TV show in hell and it's called you can't say that on hell you can't say that on hell <laughs> what could you not say in hell nice you can't say all the replacement words so like fiddlesticks <laughs> oh yeah have mother to, father you have to curse yeah mother father right like all the replacements are like dadgummit <laughs> i guess i'm doing like really deep nickelodeon cuts this episode is all i don't know what? why there's nothing else nickelodeon about this this is just you well i mean there is an aggro crag in the sky in this yeah that is true <laughs> do 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 you have it blood like if there were like blurry people <laughs> fucking it's pretty much legends of the hidden temple as well in the background <laughs> Ha 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 ha!
in the beginning when men and women <laughs> just like Olmec explaining the birds it's and the, the bees. Lord of, the Lord of the Labyrinth, Armac. Olmec. <laughs> Olmec. So the hutch falls over and it's full of roaches and it's super gross. And then she's back all of a sudden with the Cenobites. And they're just like, hey, girl, we have a cinnamon roll with your name on hey it. Hey, girl, hey, here's some gibberish, I might say. Yo. They seem mad she tricked them last movie. And then I was like, but they you didn't, did not. She didn't really show trick her. us that part. Yeah, I don't remember what happened. So sure, Pinhead. Well, and they're like, you keep wanting to play, but then you say that you don't. So like, what's? But that go that flies in the face and the hands of the like desire versus hands. You know, the desire is willing, but the hands are tired. Do you know what I'm <laughs> saying? <laughs> Oh, the body is willing, but the hands have carpal tunnel. I think this is the scene where Pinhead says to her, we have eternity to know your flesh. Yeah. What is that? That doesn't mean anything. Does he mean Whisper like- Whisper that biblically? to your partner in bed. Does he mean he's going to skin her and fuck that skin? Like, what does that Probably, even mean? I don't know, but the next time you have sexual congress with another person- lean over and just say that to them like i'm gonna take it slow because i've got eternity to know your flesh just see what happens i'm gonna work i have eternity to know your flesh into my wedding vows well oh, mine will be no. like if i'm in the in the middle of it you know i'll be out of breath so i'll be like i've got eternity to know your flesh anyway She's like, I didn't open a box. And they're like, mm, excuses, excuses, excuses. And she's like, I'm here to find my father. And they're like, yeah, he's not here. This is your hell, bitch. I'm sorry, princess. Your father's in another horny hell. <laughs> your father's in another horny hell? Your father's in another sex dungeon. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here to... <laughs> Witness the binding of these two souls and sacred, painful, painful marriage. And do you, Toddicle, have eternity to know your flesh? Anyway, they just let her run away. They're just like, no, no, no. We'll we'll eat that pussy later. Bye. And so she like runs away. They have eternity to do so, they say. They have eternity to do so, whether it's attached to her or not. If it's attached, that does not sound like hell to me. It's all I'm going to say about that part of it. Yeah, yeah. No, they want to take it off and post it on their weird torture box. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah. So meanwhile, Julie and the doctor are walking around with, with like tons of babies crying. I don't understand the baby cryings. Paige, I don't understand the full doll they show like it's a real baby in this movie. Sewing its own mouth shut? Yeah. This very Teddy Ruxpiny looking doll. <laughs> it looks 0% like a baby. Yeah. And it's also sewing its own mouth shut. And I'm like, babies don't have fine motor skills. No. They don't go to hell either. Debatable depending upon what branch you believe in, I think true anyway we <laughs> walk through and uh, we walk through an orgy room that's a very strange orgy room where there's like dudes on hooks right and there's a lady in the middle but one of the dudes is facing away so he and the lady are just like butt to butt and i was like this seems like it's not as fun i do think if you were super into orgies and were in hell it would be this kind of orgy though like butt to butt can't really see each other nothing's yeah. really happening yeah uh but as they're watching the face changes to julia and then she interrupts him and is just like come i have some i've come <laughs> i have such <laughs> sights to show you and he's like too late yeah he's like oh don't don't put just pressure give me on another me. couple minutes watching this hook orgy and i'll come all you want <laughs> 
Anyway, we cut to Kirsten running through the halls and she flops against one of the walls. And because it's clearly paper, it moves behind yes, her. Yes, it does. And it's very obvious and really funny to watch. It honestly looks like the texturized styrofoam that they use for like yes. literal stage productions at like high schools. Yep. Like it looked like that. But close up on film so you can really tell it's that. Yeah. But that's why it moved because it wasn't a wall. Yeah. But it's this is Kirsten and Tiffany run into each other. And yes. now they're joining forces, right? Yeah. They team up. Meanwhile, we cut back to Julia, who is walking the doctor through more hallways and uh, across a very obvious matte painting of them walking around <laughs> along the hallways. Yeah. Then she takes him out to the like, you know, in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade where there's that one portion where he like throws dust out over the thing where he's yeah, just yeah, like yeah, the yeah, path yeah. of the God. Leap of faith. Yeah, the I leap love of that faith. shot. It's so cool. Yeah, this is a way less cool version of that where it's just this like walkway in the sky with a swirling diamond thing in the sky and this is where Julia is like, this is my God, flesh and hunger and desire, Leviathan, Lord of the Labyrinth, which I guess means that that square in the sky is some sort of old God that governs desire. Yeah. If I die and go to heaven and God's a floating box, geometry box or whatever, I'm be like, huh, huh, not what I was expecting. More eyes, really, was yeah. what I was thinking. <laughs> so the, the floating God box shoots laser lights at the doctor and he like like gets like electrocuted and just sees like a flash of wild pictures which i think is meant to imply that he is a murderer and has been before because there's like a scene of him maybe killing somebody it's confusing i i think he's killed a lot of people yeah we yeah. sort of saw him kill tiffany's mother and right like he hits tiffany with that it's sort of like a black spotlight sort of thing yeah and she has a flashback too so i think yeah. this is a flashback that he is seeing of murders he's done yes I think so, too. That was my thinking. Yeah. This was probably the most logical thing in the entire movie. Right. And so this is where <laughs> Julia is like, this is what you wanted. You wanted to see and know Leviathan. And here's what happens when you try to ascend to goddom. It shows you how fucking mortal you fucking are. And he's just like, help me. And she's like, why do you think I was allowed to come back? He wanted souls. So I brought you. And then she pushes him into the box full of needles and blowjobs. Yeah. And she's just like, you wanted to know, and now you know everything. Everybody's happy. Bye. Yeah, this is where he goes and gets turned into a Cinnabon. Right. It's the oven where they time them perfectly <laughs> so you can smell them as you come out of Claire's after getting your ears pierced. Don't get your ears pierced at Claire's. Uh, if there's anything you take away from this Hellraiser episode is go to a professional piercer and then just go get Cinnabon after. Anyway. Yeah. So the girls are walking around and they find what appears to be Kirsten's father's house, the house that we saw from the first movie. And Tiffany's like, don't go in there, but doesn't say anything because she still isn't talking because she doesn't speak until an hour and 20 minutes into the film. It drove me insane. Anyway, Kirsten's like, oh, I kind of have to go in there. So I'm going to go. So Tiffany's like, don't go in there, but with her eyes. Yes. And Kirsten's like, I'm going to go. But if I'm not back, go out, get home. And I'm like, how though? Like, she doesn't fucking know how to get home. Like, what? Yeah, I don't understand any of this. Yeah. I also would leave immediately. Like, if Mikey and I were walking out of hell and he was like, oh, that looks like my child at home. I'm going to go check that out. I'd be like, okay. 
would just continue walking out of hell. I'm going to go try and talk to that God box and see if I can get home. You know, like whatever. You think my real dad's in there? You'd be like, no, we're in hell. And I'd be like, you're right. Let's just keep walking. <laughs> He's definitely here. Uh, no, there he is. He showed up finally. There he is with those cigarettes he said he was getting. So she goes into her house, right? Or what she thinks is her house. And it yeah. opens into some weird candle sexy morgue. Yeah, I would say that that is the perfect description of it. This is the best room in hell so far. Yeah, this room in hell is the only room in hell that kind of fucks. It's well, Red awesome. Skull's like, this is my personal hell because these women's bodies disappeared before I touched yes, them. And I was if like, you, if you lift the sheet, they disappear. Welcome to my life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> waka waka. Also, those <laughs> sheets are soaked in blood, which I realize sounds gross. But because of that, they're like very stuck to the woman yes. under them's body. It's like a wet t-shirt contest but with blood and there's no way he hasn't peeled the skin off a few times to just their outlines you know yeah. what i'm saying oh yeah 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 mikey you like that peeled the skin off euphemism for yeah. masturbation i know what's up yeah i like what's going on yeah so who should show up but her uncle frank uh and so clearly he's the one who left the message right yeah uh and now the morgue is considerably more bloody considerably less sexy maybe i don't know depends on how you feel about blood anyway yeah uncle frank is trying to like kill her but also kiss her it's gross well she kisses him in this scene she i think tries to get his cheek and ends up getting part of his mouth but it's to kind of like trick him into letting her move away so she can grab the sheet that literally ignites the whole room on fire in seconds yes because she's like i'll do anything and goes to like makes it look like she's gonna lay down on one of the morgue things but instead burns the sheet right yeah and everything burns but instead of screams it's just moans so like there's a fire going people are just like oh yes oh yeah they're screaming like, like they just got to a special part of Cheskovsky's fifth oh my gosh <laughs> la's great isn't it <laughs> i heard the audio of her and she fully like oh yeah at the big build goes oh yeah as the as the music is not there anymore yeah so that's all you hear although people had really built it up and when i heard the audio i was like i mean her needs being met i think they were currently being met page yeah 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 yeah, yeah. anyway so the la philharmonic is playing and everything's on fire and everyone's moaning and he starts to peel off his own skin and he's just like not my skin oh i thought it was melting off oh maybe it is melting that makes sense because he's saying not my skin like he doesn't want to lose it like if he was pulling it off he wouldn't want to but he looks like he's pulling it off well, i don't I fucking mean, I'm not, know yeah 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 it's whatever but in my mind it melted off and then the next thing you see a close-up of him in, fully red skulled out right here. He's fully, like, no skin, but he has, like, a tank top on still. And I was yes. like, what? was it hot enough to melt his skin off, but, like, the tank top withstand at hell heat? It's his lucky <laughs> tank top, Todd. <laughs> Uncle Frank's a bad guy. They had a sexual relationship. Yes, they did. It was pretty hot, actually. If it hadn't, if he hadn't been evil and pervy, right? That's what all the ladies say after I leave. Good feedback. <laughs> Good feedback. Four stars. Excellent sex. Seemed evil though. Definitely pervy. <laughs> kind of pervy. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed kind of evil though. I don't know. Lots of chanting. Anyway, so so he's like a bloody thing again. And who should show up but Julia with Tiffany? And he's just like, oh, hey, Julia, I knew you'd come back. 
And he like leans in to kiss her. And I think he's going to try and take her skin. But she's just like, ah, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> duh, nothing personal. Because she just reaches inside him and pulls out his heart. So he's yeah, dead. She like Kali Ma's him. Yeah. But like, if you die in hell, do you just like go to heaven? Yeah. Do, uh, does the cube decide? Is it carousel like Logan's run? I don't know. <laughs> None of this is answered. Let the cube decide is what I say. And by the cube, I mean the cube from the movie, the cube. So it's like a maze cube, that he has to hyper go cube. through. Yes. And then if he gets mm-hmm. out, he can go to heaven. He gets a free pass. Mm. Heck yeah. It's all made up anyway. Let's just have fun. What if the cube is made of cheese? Is it jacket cheese? <laughs> it's jacket cheddar. <laughs> jacket cheddar. She's judge, yeah. judge Judy and executioner. <laughs> anyway. So while she's killing Frank, the two girls take off right. and try to run away from her. They accidentally drop the like weird diamond that used to be the puzzle box, right? Yeah. So as they're running, the hallway that kind of crosses them perpendicular opens up and it's this like windy thing that's trying to blow them out towards the big cube in the sky. <laughs> yes. Like a big pizza pie. That's so horny. <laughs> when a cube eats your eye like a big pizza pie, that's Leviathan. I did a musical joke. You did, you Mikey. Did. And I'm so proud of you. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> Julia picks up the diamond box thing. Uh, as that's happening, some giant thing comes up and apparently it's the box, the blowjob and needle box that the doctor was in and it opens and it's him all sliced up and he's like, and to think I hesitated, but now I know everything, pleasure and pain. And you're just like, God damn it. All right. I know. Fine. I was this- like, oh, okay, here we go. And he's blue, which I like. And he's blue. And then there's just this giant bug penis thing that has like a drill at the end of it that just like Paco jets his brain and then penis lifts him through the rest of the movie. And from this point on, the doctor is dead. Like, he is no longer around. Like, this is fully a different character. Yes. He becomes like razor face penis head. I don't know. He's a penis puppet. Yeah, yeah, We've yeah. all seen him. We know what he's talking about. We've all seen puppetry of the penis. We've all made a puppet out of our own penis to entertain our significant others. I've done it twice. I've done that many times. You done? <laughs> have you ever, Mikey, you ever done the, uh, uh, have you seen my towel gag? I uh, get the micro machine Millennium Falcon and then you know that scene in Return of the Jedi where they're in the asteroid and then the thing comes out and almost chases them? Page notes. This is elaborate. <laughs> Did you have to build a set? Yeah. Where it was it a diorama. Yeah, it was a diorama. Uh, Mikey, I believe it's a dickorama, please. Dickorama, yeah. You're bringing like cinematography into it. I'm just like hanging pit towels on myself. Uh, because I'm a thoughtful lover. I don't know what you think your partner is getting out of that other than amusement and a cool story. I mean, honestly, that's enough for me to want to do that, though. (laughs) I'll do almost anything to make Natalie laugh. Well, I do a a fake scroll in front of the shoebox before I put my penis (laughs) in. The Galactic Empire has seen a penis of great magnitude. Suddenly, my penis has returned. Penis patine is back. And then I'm like, well, it's all downhill from here. This is the most creative this lovemaking will be. (laughs) Step one, it's a puzzly box. Step two, put your dick in that box. Step three, make her open the box. And that's That's the the way way we kill you. It's an evil box. Pinhead. (laughs) Dig in a box. Sorry. Cinnabites. Put your junk in that box. Yeah. uh, Raise (laughs) your face. 
it's in a bun in the box and that's the, the way you do it anyway hell yeah so julia comes down the hallway after the two girls picks up the thing and uh is trying to pull them out into the hallway thingy so kirsten is trying to keep <laughs> tiffany away from her tiffany sees that julia has the puzzle thing <laughs> So she grabs onto Julia. Kirsten grabs onto Tiffany and they somehow de-glove Julia from her skin and then end up with the little puzzle thing. I love that you just had to explain that because it is a bonker scene. But my favorite bit of it is when they grab Julia and then start to pull her over to where they are. She, like you said, de-gloves from herself and yeah, then yeah, yeah. they then have like a handful of Julia's skin. Yes. And then it cuts to Julia like going into whatever's being sucked out there, right? But if you look right. at it, it clearly is like an inflatable sex toy yes. falling down a shaft. Yes. And that to me was so funny. Todd very much said that with the confidence of a man who has watched more than one sex toy falling down his shaft. Have I thrown away sex objects out of shame? Maybe. <laughs> you can't live unless you've thrown away a sex toy down an abandoned elevator shaft in a dark building. I was trying to explain it to my friends in high school. I was like, no, I mean, I just used it so much she popped. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's like sharp at the end. You know, the girls like that. <laughs> anyway, so they actually don't grab the diamond thing from her. They just have her skin. No, they leave it in the hallway, which is a plot point. Yeah, yeah. they do because they end up seemingly back in their hospital room. Everything seems to be okay, except there's the M.C. Escher painting on the wall. Yeah. If you look in that scene where they walk into this hospital room again from hell, it's clear that there are two suns wherever they are. Right. Tatooine. Because there are yeah. two sunspots on the wall. I was like, this is bonkers. Yes. Well, and this is also where Kirsten's like, Dad, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, that wasn't your dad. Like, this is just leftover dialogue. It's got to be, right? That is no longer in this film. Yeah. So they're like, we got to get out of there. And I was like, well, they're just going to straight up walk out of the hospital. And they try to, but the clouds cover. They're clearly not really in the hospital. They're still in hell, right? Like they have to still be in hell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah they're, they're still in hell. They end up in a room where everyone's playing with puzzle boxes and everyone's covered in hooks. And here comes the doctor on his penis train of madness, just like penis up in the air. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, I recommend amputation. And he's got little like snakes out it's of his so hands that also have blades. One becomes a flower for some reason. And then one becomes a finger like come here, like the come, come hither, hither motion. Which he had a finger. It was just so unnecessary. I know. It literally is coming out of his hand as a snake. Yes. And then out of that snake's mouth is his human finger. And in that finger, a snake. <laughs> and the hole in the ground and the tree in the hole. The <laughs> uh, anyway, it's it's definitely feels like they were brainstorming creepy things. And then we're like, let's just do all of it. Yeah, let's just control And all. put it on a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's like amputating, but, and I was like, again, is, I was like, isn't he a psychiatrist? Like not a, no, he's a surgeon. I mean, he is a surgeon. I, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to Cenobites with no boxes. And this is where like Tiffany's there. Kirsten is there. Yeah. Penis doctor is there. Yeah. Uh, and this is where Kirsten's like, they're like time for us to have your flesh. Even though we said we had eternity, we're impatient. 
And she's like, <laughs> no deals, just information. You used to be human. I know. Here's a picture of you. How did she figure that out and put two and two together? Who's to say? It's not important. It's not in the movie. We will never know. Educated guess. Yeah. Yes. So she hands it to him and he's like, wait, I do remember. And the doctor. He's believing. He's believing, Peter. <laughs> so the doctor starts shooting the other Cenobites and they all turn human kind of as he shoots them. He shoots them with snake swords. So yes. there's that. With like force lightning. And then he shoots force lightning at Pinhead's head where he turns back into himself with a very strange hairline and then he slits his throat. Yes. So I guess he kills all the Cenobites in hell. They come he back. Does. They come back the next they do. Well, I mean, they're in hell. Like, I, I can't imagine if you die in hell, you get out of hell. Like, I think you go to Tartarus. I think it's just Costco on a weekend or <laughs> Ikea anytime. <laughs> anyway, so the doctor's like, now I'm the lead dude and you girls will be my first solving puzzles and doing whatever. And I'm just like, what? Why? Yeah, I was like, what's the motivation here? I don't know. But they take off running. Uh, everyone in the puzzle room is super dead. They run back through all the hallways. They grab the diamond box because yeah. Tiffany's like first lines are like, we got to do the puzzles. And she's just like, is that all you think about? We degloved a lady and then they shot all these people. Some like, people are just super into puzzles, Paige. It relaxes yeah. them. Yeah, I guess. So she gets the diamond puzzle thing and goes out onto that walkway near the giant diamond in the sky. And she's like trying to solve it. And it blasts her with light. And we see some of her <laughs> flashbacks. When you say it blasts her with light, it's actually blasting her with like black light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think it's kind of a cool effect for the time. I feel like if it's going to be sex hell, then he should be finger blasting her with light. Hey, oh, I'm not sure she's old enough for that. I don't I'm know. Sure. Who's to say? No one knows how old she I, is. Not me, for sure. I'm not touching what that What are the all? age of consent laws in hell? <laughs> 18. 18 was the answer. Yeah. Uh huh. Anyway, uh, Dr. Penis Fingers comes up and tries to kill Kirstie. <laughs> they called me Dr. Dick Finger. <laughs> <laughs> dick Finger. <laughs> oh, he's got a dick uh, on his fingered hands. Sorry. You'll never get away, Mr. Bond. He's just petting a hairless cat with dick fingers. I expect you to die, Mr. Bond. <laughs> no, Mr. Bond. I expect you to come. I expect you, expect to, you come. to come. Oh, there you go. Paige, I fucking love you so much. Anyway, so as he's fighting Kirsty, he gets his little snake fingers with the blades stuck in the ground. But the penis thing that controls his head is like, I ain't stopping for no bitch. And just like moves and tears his head in half. Yeah, that dick blows his mind, guys. Like it like pulls his head apart like, at the jaw. Don't like yeah. it. And that's after he's like, surgery is open. What's today's agenda? Evisceration. And they're just like, no. I like, we we get it. You, you sound just like a dialect. Calm down. Yeah. So meanwhile, Tiffany, as she's trying to avoid him and trying to solve the puzzle, ends up hanging off the side of the platform. And so Julia comes up and is like, trust me, and helps her up. And her like one of her skin hands rips off. But she pulls her up. And then she takes her skin off and it turns out that it's Kirstie wearing Julia's skin. It was me the whole time. It was me the whole time. <laughs> I became my stepmother to save you. Hot. How long would it have taken to put that skin on? Like fingers, toes, like so long. So long. I, if, it's, if it's like a wetsuit, probably not that long. But I mean, she also had to apply that strip across the vocal cords that makes her voice fully changed too. <laughs> 
when she takes that skin face off and it's just her bloody face, I was like, this movie's the best. (laughs) (laughs) This is the part of the movie where I was like sort of here for it because it did fully just commit to the crazy. It does because the sky diamond turns into a box that shoots light and I think our souls because they make sounds. So maybe it's releasing all the souls that were trapped in the box. Anyway, they run back to the hospital and they make it just as the doors close around them. And everyone in the hospital is just like fucking gone. There's like a bunch of wreaths for all of the dead patients. And then they just like walk out of the hospital. Like they're like, oh, we just checked ourselves out. Bye. Yeah. And they have like changed and they like showered. They like took their sweet ass time. Yeah. Because when they're walking away, they're like, they're dressed pretty great. Yeah. It's honestly, it's a good look. Well. It's not a great hospital. Yeah, it's clearly. The guy's like, well, maybe this is where all the people are disappearing to. I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> not my job to keep track. I just work the front desk. We've got like 30 other people on the maintenance floor. Uh, turns out no one ever went down there. I'm still trying to find my other maintenance coworkers. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the doctor's house, movers are moving all the boxes and they get to the mattress room. Now, if you as a mover just encountered a room with a bloody mattress and blood everywhere and dead bodies would you not immediately be like i'm gonna call this in i think absolutely even if the blood was like so dry but this blood is like fresh like he touches it he touches it like and it comes up on his finger like not me buddy i'm paid to move not to think you know what i'm saying what are you, Drew from Drew's Movers? That was the name of the company. I was like, okay, one of these dudes is Drew. No questions asked moving. <laughs> so when what happens to this guy happens, you know, and the arms grab him or whatever, and the other mover walks up the steps, I wanted the movie to end with just, Drew! <laughs> because it was Drew that died. Now who will move us? Because what happens is that Drew gets too close to the mattress and it just like eats him and a yes. giant torture box that is not rotoscoped well comes out of the mattress with like a bunch of faces and a set of skeletons that are like humping on it. Yes. I was like, what? Well, there's also like a flayed penis that's like ripped in half too. Yeah. There, oh, and there's just like a weird baby. Does this prop still exist somewhere not that i could find and some guy on the side of the box box just says what is your pleasure sir and thank god that's that's the movie movie. (laughs) so having seen the movie having talked about the movie what'd you guys think about hellbound hellraiser 2 no notes makes complete sense (laughs) i do like it way more than the first one i don't like it a lot it made more sense than (laughs) tenant well that's because it made some sense (laughs) I'm hoping that the rest of them really lead into the campiness and much less pretensionness of it. And I think I'll enjoy them more. Dude, you are not ready for eight. But also like after four or five, it's just bad horror movies that they just like copy paste pinhead into. That actually makes... Yeah, that makes me excited to watch those. Yeah, because of course they'll be bad. Yes. But they won't be like pretentious and like nothing making sense. And I mean, nothing's going to make sense, but no one's going to be dickish about it. Yeah, well, that's fair. Yeah, but every bit of dialogue the Cenobites say is just gibberish. I think it makes the most sense. It connects to everything and you just don't get it. Okay. All right, my 15 year old nephew. I get it. This movie's poetry. Okay. 
Jesus wept. Oh, God. And that was her dad who said that, right? No, it was Frank, I think. I thought it was Frank. Is it Frank? I don't think I'll watch it again, but it was nice. Yeah, unless we revisit it, we'll not watch it again. But I did like it more than the first one. You know what? It's bonkers. It is. And it's bonkers in, in kind of a fun way. So, like, I could see myself talking somebody into watching it because yeah. it's madness. I would watch it with people. It's definitely a mic. Yeah. They, like, they swing hard. Yeah. I don't know where they're swinging, but they swing at it really hard. If we could have watched this in Kansas City, I would have probably enjoyed it way more because we would have been making fun of it together. The entire time. Yeah, yeah. But it's not super fun to watch by yourself, at least for me. But Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Pinhead fun, fun facts. facts. So, originally... Clive Barker had elaborate backstories for all of the Cenobites in the first film, and a lot of them are, again, in this film, uh, but they were never explored on film. So he wanted to make sure in this one, at least the audience understood that they used to be human and that their own vices led to their becoming demons. And it was supposed to underline the story of Frank and Julia with their corruption by lust. And this is also how Julia was supposed to become the ultimate villain. She was going to be like the Cenobite of all Cenobites. However, Pinhead was more popular. There is a subplot detailing the origins of Pinhead, and it was deleted in pre-production for last-minute budget cuts, and all that remains of it is the prologue in this film, and then they explore it a little bit in the next film. Okay. So, um, Andrew Robinson, who played the father in the previous film, uh, refused to reprise his role, forcing hasty script rewrites and muddled story structure of this film. Well, that's probably because they didn't have much time, so they used what we will now refer to as chat GPT in the 80s, cocaine. Right, exactly. And it just powered them through it. Yeah, Powered them through it. Uh, now, Oliver Smith played Frank without skin in the first film because he had a very skinny frame, so the body makeup looked realistic and didn't look too bulky on him. Yeah. So he reprised his role in this along with he plays the skinless person on the floor in the hospital and he plays the uh, patient with delusional parasitosis. Okay. So he plays uh, basically anyone that's not Julia that takes their skin off. It's that guy. Yeah. This film along with Titanic holds the record for the most times two characters repeat each other's names. <laughs> Tiffany. Christy. <laughs> that's wild because Tiffany says... Almost zero lines in this entire movie. I know. So, Kenneth Cranham, who plays Shenard, uh, who was also in Hot Fuzz, by the way. If you're... He was also in a lot. He, he's been a in lot a bunch of stuff. stuff. He was in uh, HBO's Rome. Like, he's so yes, good. Yes, he was so good in Rome. Yeah. Uh, but he only took this job because his grandson pestered him to take it because he liked the original. Man. Okay. Yes. Uh, the Chatterer, who was one of the Cenobites, uh, received a hook to the jaw while filming the scene with his character being impaled on a swinging torture rack. He is okay. Oh, good. That's terrible, though. I bet that hurt. I bet it hurt like a bitch. Yeah. He also requested that his character have eyes in this film so he could see walking through sets because in the previous film, his character had no eyes. Yeah, I remember that. walking into walls. Now, in this movie, there was supposed to be a scene that explained how he got eyes, uh, but it was removed from the final cut. So it's really confusing the first time he appears in this movie and has no eyes, and then suddenly has eyes <laughs> and a lot of fans were kind of upset with it i could see that 
But I mean, uh-huh. let the guy see. It's none of it makes sense. Who cares if he has eyes? Yeah, who cares? Uh, so this was supposed to have a much, much larger budget, but it got decreased because the film studio who had greenlit it was basically going bankrupt at the time, um, which is part of how this ended up on Roger Ebert's most hated list. That does not surprise me. Now, the engineer is a character from the books, and it was meant to appear in this film, uh, but was deleted. Uh, some of its scenes did appear in older previews as kind of a big bad over Julia, uh, more of like a sentient god being i think maybe it would make more sense if they left that in but so like a leviathan type character that wasn't a giant floating diamond a in giant the sky cube. yeah, yeah. Like okay it. yep now uh this movie was banned in queensland in australia in 1989 and in the year since the ban has been lifted and the film has been released but for many years you could not see this in queensland Um, unless you had like a bootleg copy Uh, it's a video nasty uh it's it was too gory okay i mean it is pretty gory i mean and the effects do look great yes now uh so the look of the labyrinth and and this is a no-brainer but it was influenced by mc escher yeah that's why there's so much mc escher in this movie that it is very blatant and obvious and uh so originally in the end julia was supposed to rise from the mattress as the queen of hell um but they switched it out when pinhead got more popular and that's when they put that badly rotoscope torture box over it yeah the uh kenneth cranham who dr chenard couldn't sit in the rig required for the weird penis head Cenobite. So he only appears as the character in close-up shots and his stuntman did all of the moving shots of that character. Oh man. Okay. I bet that sucks to be that stuntman. I mean, but I get it. Like, yeah. Um, also when he is pushed into the needles and blowjob boxes for a moment, it does resemble specifically Francis Bacon's painting figure with meat. And the painting is the same one that is, slashed or nearly slashed to bits by the joker's henchman in the art museum in batman that came out the next year okay so just a fun coincidence yeah all right yeah and those are your fun facts well thank you for those fun facts page let's talk a little bit about box office what do you think the production budget for hellbound colon hellraiser 2 was in 1988 88 i'm gonna say two million okay i'm gonna say four so the budget I have is $6 million. Oh, no, that's a bit. That's terrible. Yeah. So if you adjust that for inflation to today's dollars, that's $15.3 million. But in 88, it was $6 million. Now, this movie premiered on December 23rd, 1988. It was number eight in the theaters the week it came out. It was beat by the number one movie, Twins, the number two movie, Rain Man, number three was Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad, number four was Working Girl, and number five was Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, and then Scrooge, Oliver and Company, and then Hellbound, Hellraiser 2 was eighth. What do you think it made in its opening weekend? And again, that was December 23rd, 1988. It's kind of the wrong season for this. It's the wrong season, but a lot of people go to movies around this time. They do. They so, do. Yeah, I understand why it may not have been ready for like the Halloween season. and They didn't want to wait until the next year. Yeah. Two million dollars. OK, what do you think, Paige? Uh, I'm gonna mm, I'm gonna go three million. Paige, you're very close. It's three point one million dollars it made in its opening weekend. Uh, now it was eighth the first week, and it was tenth the next two weeks, and then it dropped to twenty third, and then it was no longer in theaters. So it was only in theaters for a month, more or less. 
What do you think it made in the month it was in theaters domestically? 10. 10 million. All right. Mikey, what do you think? Eight. It actually made $11.6 million. So, Paige, you were closer. Uh, which if you adjust that for inflation to today's dollars, that would be like a movie making $30 million today, roughly. Um, so it made money, didn't make a lot of money. I mean, they've made 90 of these, so yeah. I think they probably do continue to make money. But this one definitely made money in theaters and I'm sure has made money as it's become this cult classic kind of thing people rent and buy. So, yeah, I'm sure it's made plenty of money. But that's your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit him with that scary scale? Yeah, our scary scale listener is a scale of 1 to 10 of how scary we found the film today. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is a 2 for me because of the body horror. The body horror in this movie is extreme. Yeah, exact same reason, exact same score. A 2 for me as well because that body horror, man. It didn't look real for me. I'm going to give it a one. Okay, that's fair. I mean, it really, outside of that, is not scary. So, if and honestly, if just gore doesn't bother you, it would be a one, too. Yeah. Um, but honestly, gore normally doesn't bother me, but this movie, like, does it right. And the practical effects look great. I was on a lot of medicine. <laughs> that's fair. That's the scary scale. All right. Well, this week, you all made me watch Hellbound colon Hellraiser 2. What are you making us watch next week? Next week, we actually have a special guest and they got to choose. So it's actually a prequel in sequel month. Yes. Because we've already done the sequel. Yeah, we already did the sequel. So, and there isn't one after the sequel. So if you know the catalog we've done really well, you probably can guess we're doing Interview with a Vampire next week. Finally. Yeah. I remember it being very good. So yeah, I hope it holds up. This is one I've actually seen before, too. And we'll also have a very special guest. Yay. Yeah, it'll be fun. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yeah, this person named Paige's Pattern Dresses. <laughs> okay, I'm sensing someone's a fan of somebody specifically on the podcast. Title of review, Mikey's Giggle. <laughs> oh, okay, so she's made a reference to Paige's Dresses and Mikey's Giggle. I would imagine that the body of the review has something to do with me. So she hits all of the, the host because she loves us all equally. Well, not really. Okay. Well, let's uh, well, let's just see what let's just see what she says. I generally hate the sound of men laughing. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. But Mikey's little giggle is one of my favorite sounds. Five stars. I also love Mikey's giggle. So fully agree with you. Pages, pattern dresses, and thank you so much for that five star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five star review, give us a five star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at horrorvirgin.com. If you want to follow us all on Individual, you can do that as well. Page is at Page Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph24, and I am at Todd J Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm -hmm, than the mm -hmm. regular feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If 
you want to financially support me but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. And if you haven't noticed, since October 1st, we have been running the new Horror Virgin blog. And when I say we, I really mean Katie from the Facebook group. She's been running everything. She's like the managing editor of the Horror Virgin blog. So if you haven't been to our Horror Virgin blog, go check it out. It's at horrorvirgin.com slash blog. You'll see it. It's awesome. There's a lot of great articles. I mean, at the end of October, we have 31 awesome articles up. But check out our awesome Horror Virgin blog up now. Uh, this episode was brought to you by Tia. And Tia's teenager's been, like, driving her crazy this week. So how has Tia's teenager been driving her crazy this week? She keeps doing puzzle boxes. Puzzle boxes after puzzle boxes after puzzle boxes, and then expects Tia to like feed all these centibites that keep showing up. Uh, yeah, so Tia, I'm so sorry your teenager's doing that, but I definitely understand why you're frustrated. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan, and Jonathan wants me to make you guys see some videos. So I'm gonna steal your screens and play that video for you now. All right, this is from TikTok. Oh, and it's uh, someone in a mall playing uh, The Kids Aren't All Right by The Offspring. Cool. Can you hear that? It's actually... I can hear it. It's really it's, well it, done. Yeah, it's pretty good. So I'm just into this. Yeah, this is just cool. Well, Jonathan, that was pretty dope. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for the support and sending us cool, fun, offspring music videos. We now return you to another episode of uh, The, the Patreonicals. Welcome back to The Patreonicals. All right. I'm feeling it today, Mikey. Me too, buddy. You're feeling a little bit better tonight. I can tell you're not fully over it, but you're getting over it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. All right. Captain Booter, <laughs> gets, uh, actually Sunzi was like, Captain, we're getting a distress call. And Captain Booter's like, put it on the main screen or whatever. Put it on screen. They're like, oh, it's a planet. It needs our help. So we go. They're like, let's go. And so they go to this planet. This is very Star Trek vibes. And I love it. Okay. Well, they get down there and it's a planet that's already been conquered by the Mun. Oh, oh. man. They work quickly. Well, they have a whole empire out there. They're just an evil empire. The one that Rage Against the Machine warned us about. Yeah. And they get out. They get out. <laughs> and uh, Jeremy with the laser's eyes was like, my laser eyes can help you. And they're like, they're not here yet. They killed billions of our people because we would not submit to their rule. And we're really sad. The Muns are hardcore, man. Yeah. And uh, Isaac, who's no longer cannibal. Right. Because the, the genie cured him of his cannibalism. Yeah. He gets out and just hugs a guy. And he's like, I have no desire to eat you whatsoever. And that guy's like, that's weird. <laughs> this is a weird first thing to say to somebody, but I'm glad to hear this news. Yeah. And Kate gets out and is like helping them rebuild. 
there's like a couple hundred survivors and they're helping them rebuild a building or whatever. Sure. And I prefer to picture her doing this on roller skates because that's what she got from the genie last time. She's not going to bring them out right now because they could get scuffed up. This is oh, like a okay. battle torn planet. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's using her mind powers to do stuff. That makes sense. She's not like a car hop at Sonic. Yeah. Dreskel comes out <laughs> with his Iron Man suit and he's helping with rebuilding stuff. Allie the mermaid stays in the ship. Well, she just got her like decked out new room with like the yeah, she's kind of a princess. The treasure chest and the the sexy scuba standy. Yeah, it's okay to look. Yeah, Boezy the Florida man. He's too drunk to go help, but he like he's out there directing traffic with a Bud Light in hand. What he but he sets up like a lawn chair and he's just out yeah, there drinking. Yeah, and like telling him what to do. Yeah, love it. Lauren the cave person is using their cybernetic court club to uh help build up stuff well yeah she's like using it like a hammer i'd imagine yeah yeah, yeah it's happening mr rage bomb he's just doing fireworks but he's like it's like uh not going good uh oh no well he's new at it well he's been blowing up so long from like in his bomb form yeah and the other people are like what are you celebrating our civilization ending or whatever oh yeah i so some people took it badly right yeah is what you're saying okay Vance, uh, actually, just he grows knives out of his skin now, so he actually takes a guy and kills him in the back very slowly. So, uh, <laughs> Veronica, the heavy metal bitch, is also picking in. She's helping, and she's like really sad. She's like, "How can someone do this?" And uh, Andrew, the Russian astronaut, he's like, "Look, we're, we're we need we can't stop. We have to get to the center of the galaxy to get the device to stop all this." And he's like, "But we'll help." I guess he's like, "None of this will matter if we can change time." Wait, is that what happens when you get to the center of the galaxy? Is that no, like- that's what he thinks. We don't know yet. Okay, okay. He's got theories, but we don't know if it's true or not. I got you. Yeah, and Anthony's like, "Shut up, man. We're gonna help people on our way because that's who we are as a people now. That's what differentiates us from the bad guys." Yeah, and Jennifer with a PH puts him in like a little force field because he's like really harsh in the vibe. And then uh, Natasha and Karun they come out and they're holding hands and they're like, "Look at all the damage the Muns have done." We shouldn't change time to, to wish that they never existed. Wait, so like they're going to go back and they think it's like a genie that's going to grant a huge wish? Uh, who knows what's out there? I don't. But that wish would be for them to just wipe out the Muns. Yeah. Okay. All right. So cut back to the Munstar. Right. They're on a different populated planet and they're just blowing the shit out of it. Right. This is like their next planet victim. Yeah. Aaron the Moon General's like, status report, this civilization being bitches about being conquered. <laughs> they didn't want to submit to our mm-hmm. will, so we're pulling a number one on them. Yeah. Uh, Libby, who's just whipping the shit out of Wes, who's just greased up and naked. Okay, and go like, on. This yeah. has been my whole storyline. I just got to escape. And they're like, shut up, whip, whip. And uh, <laughs> I like that your whip sound effect is just you saying the word whip. <laughs> whip, whip. I'm not, I'm like not 100% yet. No, so, like, you're crushing it though, Mikey. You're giving it. I love Alex, it. Alex, the magician, he appears on their plant service and he's like, look, I am the Darth Vader of this whole thing. Oh, hell yeah. And he's like, but we're going to make your planet disappear if you don't bend our rule. And they're like, we're just... They're like stick bugs, but people. Oh, okay. So like more evolved stick bugs. I got you. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But they're like bigger and they're like, oh, don't light us on fire. And so they're like, okay, we submit. And they're like, okay, get all your spaceships ready. We have to chase down this one ship. And that's how the episode (gasps) ends. Oh, damn. Okay. So I guess we'll have to wait till next week to find out what happens on another episode of The The Patreonicals. And that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it oogie spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye. I still don't really like Hellraiser nerds.